Good evening. We have just returned from executive session to discuss issues related to collective bargaining or litigation. If an open meeting may have detrimental effect on the bargaining or litigating position of the public body. That is the Medfield Teachers Association Unit A and B. And to discuss the reputation, character, physical condition, or mental health rather than professional competence of an individual or to discuss the discipline or dismissal of or complaints or charges brought against a public officer, employee, staff member, or individual. The individual to be discussed in such an executive session shall be notified in writing by the public body at least 48 hours prior to the proposed executive session, provided, however, that notification may be waived on written agreement of the parties, and that is against the Medfield School Committee and the superintendent. So, um, may I have, uh, I'm going to call the regular session to order. I will now call this uh, call to order this May 19, 2020 regular session of the Medfield School Committee, beginning with a roll call. Leo Brown. Tim Knight. Anna May O'Shea-Brook. Michelle Kirkby. And Jessica Riley. This meeting is being recorded and will be posted to the Medfield TV YouTube channel. I've heard that there's a little bit of a delay lately uh, getting up there, so we'll try to figure out what's going on. I know that the selectmen didn't get up to um, the channel uh, kind of instantly the other night too. So could be, I don't know, but uh, we'll work on it. Okay, so public input. Citizens at this time may address the committee on items of school business, not on this evening's agenda. The committee will take such items under advisement without action or discussion at this time at the meeting at which the item is presented. All comments will be taken in person and limited to three minutes. And uh, please approach the podium and state your name and address for the public record. Do I have any public comment? Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Seven Curve Street. Um, just as we are looking at budget expenditures for next year, um, I think it's just really important to remind school committee that when you have a uh, school attorney on board to provide services that the school committee actually listens to the school to the school attorney advice. Uh, a few years ago, when the, the uh, open meeting law was changed and the public records law was changed, uh, attorney Andy Waugh had made some recommendations to school committee um, to put things on the documents on the school website to ensure that your public records officer name was uh, posted where it was supposed to be on the homepage of your website. Um, those two, uh, the name of the records officer is not there. It used to be, but it's not any longer. Um, I also uh, know that in your communications workshop last year, that it was mentioned by one of the school committee members that uh, advice had also been given from the school attorney to stay off of social media uh, and to be very careful with what is posted uh, because in fact, that becomes a public record. And in fact, the latest determination um, from the public records division confirmed that, um, that you have an affirmative duty to make sure that you maintain secure and preserve government records throughout the records life cycle. And that includes social media posts that have anything to do with school committee business. Um, and that has to be preserved and should not be deleted. So I just want to remind the school committee that if you're paying for um, attorney advice from the school attorney, that it would be in your own best interest to pay attention to the advice that you get and not disregard it. 
Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, the next item on the agenda is to approve minutes for the following the March 8th and April 7th joint meetings with the Board of Selectmen, uh, the regular session minutes for April 14th and April 29th, and the workshop minutes for May 6th. Uh, listed on the agenda were minutes for May 2nd. Um, we did not actually hold a regular session on May 2nd, only an executive session on that day, so we will not be voting on those. Um, so do I hear a motion to approve minutes for the March 8th and April 7th joint meetings, the regular session minutes for April 14th and April 29th, and the workshop minutes for May 6th? I just have one thing. Should it be noted that were both of those done by the Andrew, yeah. both of those done by the, the service from the town? Yes, yes, the joint meetings, yes. Okay, just, I just noted that the, yeah. the town has a, a minutes service that they use. Oh, right. So both right. of those were done from the, the so town. So both the yeah. joint meetings were done by the service from the right. minutes. Right, the town, yep. Okay. okay, so do I hear a motion to approve those as stated? So moved. And I may so moved. Do I have a second? Second. Okay, Michelle Kirkby. Second, so um, all in, and may I take a vote? All in favor, please say aye. 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 I'm going to abstain because I was not that Okay. All right. So uh, four in favor and one abstention. And then uh, with the committee's approval, uh, I would like to postpone the approval of the executive session minutes for April 14th and May 2nd. Uh, does anyone have an objection to that? No? Okay. Thank you. Okay, so now under new business, the first thing we will get to tonight is uh, our annual school choice public hearing. Uh, Dr. Marston, would you like to explain uh, that and then we'll enter, we'll open that. Sure, so we're gonna open it first. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we will now open the public hearing for the Metro Public Schools fiscal year 2023 um, annual, I'm so sorry, I wrote that down wrong. Uh, public, I'm sorry, annual school choice public hearing, beginning with a roll call. So, uh, Leo Brown and Tim May, Anna May Brook. And Michelle. Michelle Kirkby. Thank you. And Jessica Riley. So, um, Jeff. Sure. So each each year, um, every school department in, in school district and the school committee is required to take a vote to um, not be in the uh, school choice or to not take a vote and then just be automatically put in the school choice list. Um, I know we've had this conversation each year for, for many years, and, and Medfield has never been a part of the school choice program. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to share some information around that. So the, the Department of Ed always has a, um, they have something called DART, which is uh, a way that compares certain districts and certain communities, and they put them together and group them together. So we're grouped with um, Duxbury, Hingham, Groton, Dunstable, Norwell, Pembroke, uh, Situate, Westwood, Westford, and Wilmington. So all but one of those districts have all voted no uh, for school choice. Um, so they, they, they don't participate in it. Westward voted no two years ago and now voted no this current year. They're actually um, in the school choice program. 
Um, surrounding towns, I know we always like to talk about surrounding towns and what they do and what, you know, compared to us. So I would say surrounding towns that have voted no uh, for school choice, uh, Dover, Walpole, Wellesley, Needham, Sherburne, uh, Dover, Sherburne, and Norfolk, Rentham, Plainville, KP, Norwood, Canton, Foxborough, Hockington, Sharon, Weston. Um, so those are all districts that do not participate in school choice. So we talked about this before um, numerous times where um, the district would open up seats at certain grade levels and they would have students from other communities would come to school in Medfield um, and we'd get $5,000 from the state. So that's how it would work. Um, you know, we have potentially, if we wanted to do this, we could have some seats that could be open in eight, nine, and 10 next year, but that's it. Uh, but I, I just, you know, given our budget situation and, and the amount of kids that we service now and, and, this, and, and the amount of students we have in our enrollment, I don't think it's a great idea to participate in this program. Um, as I have done the last nine years, I'd recommend not participating in it. Uh, but that is, you know, certainly up to you and it's your choice as a school committee to vote yes or no on that. Um, so there is some revenue possibilities there, but um, I think it's, it's something that philosophically the community has not participated in, and I would ask that you continue that as well. But it does cost well over five grand to educate. Yeah, where are we at? Um, over over 16,000 per student per Right. And there really isn't very much of an economy of scale to that, right? I know that I've had, I've heard people say previously, if you fill a seat and you know, $5,000 is $5,000, you want to sneeze at it. But in, in general, that ends up throwing off uh, class ratios. It ends up making things much more work. So- Well, it's a lottery system too. It's not, yes. so it's not like you pick and choose who you want. It's, right. it's it, you put the number out there, people apply, you have a lottery, an open lottery, and then, and they come in and you can just choose grade levels. You choose grade levels, number of seats. So you can say like, you know, 15 seats in grade eight, 15 seats in grade nine. That's you know. not what we have, but we're just you saying. No, that, that's, out there. If you that's take eighth graders, are you obligated to have them for five years? Yes. Or you yeah. Yeah. Every, okay. and, and then you give them, yeah, and their siblings. Your well. priority on their siblings too. Okay. So, so we all siblings at that level or like an eighth grader has a kindergarten? Siblings where we have an, uh, seats that are available. So for instance, you know, many districts when this, this is really big on the Cape and really big in Central Mass, a lot of competition there. Um, and they also have huge competition with charter schools as well. They do. Um, so what, what would happen with some communities like take Bellingham, for instance, Bellingham is upside down right now. So they're actually sending more kids out and losing money through school choice. So they're trying to bring kids in and try to balance that. So that's a lot of communities have that issue and that's why they end up joining it because people are leaving and going to other districts. Um, so I think Bellingham is upside down by like three or four hundred thousand dollars a year. So they're losing more kids than they're bringing in. Um, you know, Holliston is an, is an example of somewhere near us that that they do it, and they actually bake the numbers into their budget. So they started when this first started. I mean, back in in '96, I think it was, Holliston had 270 plus kids from out of district. Almost 10 percent of their their enrollment was coming from out of district. So if you're a small town like Holliston, like Redfield. And you're getting a million dollars in. Um, that becomes part of your budget process. So when they're doing projections and they're doing all this, they have to because it's baked into their budget. I mean, mm -hmm. you you become, you know, becomes a lifeline for you because you count on that money. Much much like we do with ninety four one forty two and all the grants we get from the federal government, 
that becomes another funding source that they use to fund their budget and offset the cost. So, um, and that's just an example. They don't get that. But much they also now, have but, the space to do so. I mean, I mean if they're taking in 272 kids, I hope I hope yeah. they get the space. I mean, that that was years ago, but now they they take over 100 still. So they they got to have the space. I mean, Medway is another one close to us that does it. I mean, Medway has so much space that they were they were the ones that brought all their kids back before anybody because they could bring almost every grade back at six feet because they have a they, when they built their new high school their middle school has a ton of extra room in it so they were able to do that so it's it's, it's it's more philosophical for me I mean whether you want to start coaching kids from other towns and, and bring them in here I mean I had that conversation with a parent a couple of years ago she said why would I pay 1.5 million for a house in Medfield when I could buy it in Norfolk or Walpole and then school choice might get in like why would we do that you know I mean that's that's kind of the thought out there. so open to any questions you have but I, again my recommendation as it has been the previous eight years is that we don't participate any sense for those that do it where the kids come from it doesn't i mean i don't know where you can... it doesn't really matter where they come i don't know from. i don't know Every i would say like surrounding town you can't provide you don't provide transportation tents so they have to provide their own transportation so it's typically surrounding towns like we have we have six kids right now that go to um, other districts out of school choice, but they go because their parents work in uh, school districts and the parents take them to school. So we have six. And they go that and they, and they go to those that have opted in for school choice. Right. Right. Or or, or or allow or allow like some some districts will allow their their staff. staff to bring their kids to school there. That's like, in their teacher contract. Like Newton allowed staff to bring them. Wellesley and Al allow staff. Needham does. Needham does as well. So. That's in the teacher contract. Can you tell me? I know that we get five thousand dollars per child. Can you tell me when that number was established? Ninety six, maybe ninety five, ninety six. So that was part of the student. There's no increase. You and your increase. It's wishful thinking, man. Well, they increased it to the virtual no, schools. No, what they yeah they did it for virtual school. But what they do is is that there's every year they do a percentage increase if the child comes in and has special education services. So that changes year to year. But that's I mean we were talking about that's generally less than a thousand which is yeah i'm not sure what it really... is yeah it's not it's not like you're getting a windfall out of it. you're no. only getting five thousand to begin with unlikely to be getting the amount of hours spent oh no it's know, not well, it's not gonna be the 16 that we spent now no, let's talk about that my concern would be space um, yeah yeah you know space is you know i'm all about fiscal responsibility being an open community but uh Space is an issue, particularly at the lower levels. I'm, I'm not sure where we are at middle and high school. Um, space is yeah. an issue down there, and space will soon be an issue yeah, sure. up here. Yeah. Um, so the other thing to consider, I know it's a few years away, probably four years away. But the, the reason why we ended up putting the new development at, at the State Hospital in the SOI is because we had a meeting with redevelopment, and they told us that there's a possibility that there could be an increase to 33 or 34 three-bedroom apartments mm -hmm. yeah. and lo and behold that's just what happened so i think that's something that could happen as well i mean that's we got a plan for that it's probably only going to be in their projections you know 60 kids or 66 kids or whatever that is but you don't know where those kids are going to move what grades they're going to move into and that type of thing so and it's looking more and more like that would be an instant you know that they're not necessarily going to be doing the rolling projection or a rolling admission or it's certainly not going to be over a number of years potentially rather quickly because they were talking about opening it at least when we had a conversation with Todd talking about opening the 
the development all at once as opposed to you know some of the developments yeah. like park and others that go through yeah i just wonder i mean i think you know park as soon as the section was done like people moved in so i'm assuming i know that that's what the plan is but if you have space if you, i don't know if you're a developer i don't know how you leave it open yeah and you have people to go to the way it doesn't make any failure, sense but, but um but in any case it's it's more kids and and over time we can absorb that's what we do because we can plan for them but i don't know that we necessarily want to have the liability of then giving away what seats you have when you don't know what the future is going to look like it just seems like in general it's never seemed like a good idea for us it seems like an even worse idea within these particular kinds of plots, particularly when we're looking at new elementary schools and you know projections around that and how we're going to kind of manage that cost. So but I, I just I ask, you know, so every year if you want you can at least reset like if we just said eight, nine and ten for 23. Yeah. We got now we're committed to that through you know the eighth graders graduate. Correct. Mm -hmm. But or each year, then twenty three, we could conceivably say, "Hey, there's X number of seats mm -hmm. in a certain grade. Mm -hmm. You can make that choice." Right. As you go further down the line, you're increasing your tolerance of risk because right. you can get you're probably going to sure. get more. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's when I found that high school was open, we were expected they projected to have a boom, and then recession hit. And it was literally, it was almost double the size. They built it for 1,800 students and they had 900 enrolled. And school choice was their way of trying to get bodies in that, you know, in that facility, in that building. Uh, so, I mean, and that's not the situation we're in. Uh, it's just not. Sometimes it's also in smaller populations in Western Massachusetts where they, don't, they refuse to regionalize their districts, but um, in order to maintain enough students uh, and income, to the district to keep the school actually open so you have enough teachers to actually teach. Um, those are other areas where school choice uh, has played a role. Um, and that's happened on the Cape and in Western Pass when smaller communities together, like the Granville area is you know, very large on that. Yeah, to your point, Leo, so Falmouth, uh, this current school year, they've received 162 kids, okay, but they also sent out 72. So that's kind of, when you look at the Cape district, it's all this balance back and forth. Central Mass and the Cape, they're losing and bringing in, losing and bringing in. That's how they, that's how they survive because this money is their revenue that they use to offset costs. Does the committee feel as though they've had clear kind of understanding of this and you know, would you be all right with me opening to public comment? <clears throat> so if you have public comment on uh, school choice, please come up to the podium. And this can be a question and answer. Okay. Response. Um, I have to say, I mean, every year I come and I make the same points. Um, this year I discovered uh, data that's on the DESE website that shows how much that Medfield has actually paid out um, in school choice dollars that we paid to other districts. And since 2015 to 2021, we have paid out $316,829 in tuition because it's of students leaving Medfield to take advantage of school choice and go elsewhere. We have the opportunity, um, I'm not saying I'm for or against, we have the opportunity to actually look at this kind of data 
And I am continually disappointed that the school committee does not request specific data and has the same questions year after year because they don't understand school choice. Um, you know, there was a comment made tonight that, gee, well, we could possibly do it at the high school, but we have no enrollment information that in front of us. There's no enrollment information. Everybody's scared about, you know, the enrollment coming up at the end of grades, but there's no enrollment information to actually look at. There's no data on a screen somewhere to say, okay, here's our enrollment information for the coming school year in each of the grades. Here's how, how many seats we have available, possibly at the high school. Here are the pros and cons of whether or not we use school choice. $5,000 per student, if we're paying for a teacher and there's only 15 people in that class, we're still paying for that teacher no matter what. So that $5,000 per student helps to defray the cost. It helps to pay for another seat on the bus. Special education is an additional amount of money that you get. You don't That money does not come out of the $5,000. There's an interim incremental cost that gets added to tuition for each special education student. There are no buses involved with these students because they pay for their own transportation. So that money is not money that we pay as a district. I think it's ridiculous that we compare ourselves to other towns when we're not even looking at our own data in terms of enrollment, in terms of the money that we've lost, $317,000 since 2015 in school choice tuition. That's money that we have lost and we have not taken any money in. We could open up three seats at the high school. And, and, and I have to say, I'm, I am floored that a superintendent of schools would say that we make, use a phrase, phrase that we are coaching kids from other towns. That's not the way it works. In Holliston, I know from firsthand, because I have a friend that was a school committee chair for, for a number of years, who told me that a lot of students came to Holliston because they wanted to take advantage of the French Emerging Program. There may be students who might want to come to Medfield to take advantage of the music program. We're not poaching kids. These are kids that are looking to our district or other district for better opportunities. And I think it's just, it's, it's unprofessional that year after year we have the same conversation and there's never any data to show the pros and the cons of whether or not we should pursue school choice, even with the small number of seats. I just think it's irresponsible given our, our fiscal um, position. So I have no questions, but again, it's just, you know, this is this is the professional way of doing things. So we're running a business. You look at the data and you make a decision based on data. Thank you. So does the committee have any other thoughts or considerations? I'm gonna take a second to think about what Ms. Potts or okay so um so uh without further conversation or input um do i hear a motion to close the medfield public schools annual choice hearing for 2022 you need to vote first oh don't don't we vote after I think it doesn't. We close it and then we vote on it because the hearing is closed. Oh, that's yeah, I know. I just okay. I, I've heard it before. I'm pretty sure this is how Chris told me to do it. Okay, so um, do I hear a motion to close the Midfield Public Schools? Actually, I have to tell you the selectmen for their hearing did it both ways because they want to. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I'm. I'm 
just going to close it uh, to close the Medfield Public Schools annual choice school choice hearing for 2023. This is the 2022 <coughs> year, but the school year of 2023. Y23, yeah. Do I hear a motion to close? So moved. So moved, Leo. And uh, do I hear a second? Second in a May. In a May. Okay. Uh, all in favor to close the hearing? Aye. 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 Okay. So passed unanimously. Now, do I hear mm -hmm. a motion to recommend against school choice for the Medfield Public Schools for the fiscal year 23? Oh, so moved. So moved. Okay, Leo, and do I hear a second? Second, So I would just, if I may, please, um, if you could do the motion that we would uh, not to participate in the school okay. choice. Okay. I'd like to make a motion to not participate in school choice for the FY23 school year. Oh, motion to not participate. Thank you. Okay, so Leo has made a motion to not participate in school choice for Anna Mangle second. And again, uh, if I hear a vote, please. Aye. 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 So unanimous. Okay. Uh, next, after that student hearing, we have the student advisory. Right. And then this is the last time that we see you. So please come up to the front row. It's not church. <laughs> We'd like to hear from you. You don't even have to sit in class. It's okay. <laughs> so uh, you guys have been with us all year. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Um, and it's been such a, a great experience. I'm glad that we were able to kind of talk about a lot of things this year and that you've been so willing to give your participation. It's really been so helpful to us. It's given us ways to kind of go back and think about things that I think have impacted how we think about budget and how we think about the things that are going into high school. So um, why don't I go with you? Because it is your very last one. No, it's so sad. I know. Okay. <laughs> um, I just announced your name. So, you know, the world knows. My name is Catherine Waters. And, and I'm a senior. And I'm a senior at Medfield High School until Thank tomorrow. You. Until tomorrow. Well, I'll grad I'm graduating in June, but yeah. But tomorrow's my last day. Um, so bear with me. I have a little bit. Um, this is really, really busy last couple of months. So um, as you know, that seniors are winding down with their last day tomorrow, um, May 2nd through May 13th, all seniors and juniors in AP classes took their AP exams. Um, I think they went pretty good, but we'll see in July when we get our scores back. Um, there was also a senior project this year. I, myself included, did a senior project. And senior projects are amazing. If any, if any underclassmen are listening, 100% do a senior project. You have all the time in the world to focus on something you're really passionate about. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, then we got, so Medfield Theater Society put on Medfield After Dark. On May 16th, we had National Honors Society induction. On Friday, we are coordinating a senior sunset to end off the school year. Um, it's gonna be a bittersweet night, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I'm excited for that. Um, prom went so smoothly this year uh, compared to last year. We, had, we were a little rocky, um, <laughs> you know, it happens. Um, 
and the junior class did a great job coordinating um, and <laughs> and um, we helped them out a little bit by giving them over a little bit of a uh, little bit over three thousand dollars for the prom um, the senior class went up above and beyond with fundraising so we had a little bit more money um, typically the junior class fundraises all the money for prom so that was that um, but our class this year had a lot of extra fundraising money sorry sorry um, so all the seniors collected their cap and gowns on Wednesday and today after school. Um, student government is now coordinating a cost gift with our remaining money that we had. And we had a meeting with Ms. Fitzgerald and Mr. Parga as well um, as our advisors to discuss the logistics of that. There's so much that goes into that. So it's definitely like, we gotta kind of figure all that out, but um, the meeting went really well. So that's, that's nice and hopefully we can give something to the school as, as a goodbye. Um, on May 23rd and 24th, there will be community service days for seniors who need to make up attendance, be exempt from final exams or participate in sports. Um, they and all of those people will attend these service days, but senior project people don't have to, so that's really nice. And senior project people also do not have to um, do final exams um, with exception to AP exams. Um, on May 25th through the 27th, there will be final exams for seniors. And then we have the Hannah Adams Club Tea on May 31st. Um, and the senior coffee will be on June 1st. On June 2nd, there will be a graduation rehearsal. And I personally will be giving out letters to our future selves that my mom coordinated in fifth grade. Um, she did it all by herself and they've been like lost in the closet somewhere. She never told me where they were. I was gonna, she knows me too well. I was gonna snoop through them anyways. Um, but I'm so excited and we're gonna manage to um, find all the people that have moved away or go to different school districts and um, get them their letters as well. Hopefully I wrote something good. Hopefully I wrote something you juicy. Were 10. I would um, say self but... really important. <laughs> so I'm like hoping it's pretty good, pretty interesting. Um, Cause I've never seen mine. I still haven't seen mine. Um, senior recognition night will also be on June, uh, sorry, Thursday, June 2nd, and all scholarships and outside awards will be presented. Class day is on June 3rd, which is also my birthday. Uh, <laughs> I'll be turning 18. Um, and on the same day, we also have senior night at 4 gigs. Um, graduation is on June 5th or June 6th. I, I might have a date wrong. Fifth. Okay. Um, and will take place on the turf. Um, following graduation, there will be a tour of the all night grad party for only families and no graduates. And then all night grad party is at 9 p.m. on June 5th. So excited for that. Um, only heard great things. Um, we also have a rain date for graduation just in case, which will be on June 6th if needed. And um, just one little concern that I have um, is some parents, including my own, are a little concerned for like the seating at graduation. Um, it's, it is first come first serve for seats. So parents are a little bit concerned for how that's gonna go down. Um, so maybe in, in future years, it's something to look into a little bit. Um, I know that student government might be able to help out with that a little bit. Um, I know I would have been willing to, but I, I had no idea that was a thing. Um, Sorry, Catherine, what are, you, what are you suggesting or what's-, what's um, Maybe just saying? like uh, like uh, ahead of time tickets or some sort of like like free or something just like 
to register in so you can get a seat um, for graduation. Um, so your family can be in the on the turf. Yeah. Part yeah, because I'm pretty sure there's there's the turf seating, and then there's also you could be in the bleachers. Right. I I, yeah. I believe. Um, I know my mom. She wants to be in this in a seat with a back. That's that's the only thing. I don't know. Maybe if there was some. I don't know. I don't. Maybe maybe the first come first serve is a good idea. I I don't know. We'll see how it goes down on graduation day. But yeah, we've done it like that up until the pandemic. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. So it's worked pretty well. Okay, yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. come. People come early. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's it's it kind of worked yeah. out. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any older siblings, so yeah. we didn't really know. But yeah, you just right. send one person with a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who is approximately as tall as the number of seats that you need. Mm -hmm. and you just, just lay across it. Right. It's like Christmas. Yeah, at mass. Yeah, perfect. All right, sounds good. And that's all I have for you today. But what was your senior project? Oh, so I um, run Active Binds, and I um, um, started it with Catherine's older sister. And I am super passionate about mental health. It's all mental health and mental health awareness, uh, reducing the stigma surrounding mental health and mental illness. And so I, for my senior project, I decided to create a um, guideline handbook type thing for all students who currently run a club um, or maybe in the future they are hoping to run a club. Um, so kind of like, you know, the people to reach out to, who like how to talk in front of a group um, and how to like, not make it so much of a chore, but something you're actually passionate about. So that's kind of what I'm doing. But it's been a lot of fun. I've loved it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thank you. Now, is this in your gift top secret? Um, what, no, I wouldn't. Uh, actually, might be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're still trying to figure out. Like, there's a bunch of little things that we do because we have a lot of money. So we want to make sure that we're giving a gift that will be really worthwhile and also not a chore for future classes or faculty so that's been a little bit hard to kind of configure especially because all of like the senior gifts so far have been so great so that's kind of i i mean we're, we're trying to figure out some different type of things but okay. you'll figure out on graduation <laughs> When you did active mind did you meet with jim johnson Kyle Care? yes yes i did he gave us um a grant, thousand dollar grant. Yes, yes, and it was so great. Super I, I met helpful. with him and the Jed Foundation the other day. Oh, really? Great people. Yes, Just really, really good. People. Yes, and so they were great. they were actually excited at the work you guys were doing. I, I oh, shared with them the uh, the work around the, the fair, the mental health fair. Oh, yeah. He hadn't heard about that. He loved it. Oh, great. So, yeah, we we try to stay super close with Kyle Harris. Um, they they're great people. They're so they're they respond so quickly, and I really value that. So when they're able to get back to me super quickly about project I'm doing, mm -hmm. it's super, super helpful. Can you give me a quick snapshot on Jed and the uh, So Kyle, Kyle Cares? Kyle Cares is uh, a nonprofit that's based out of North Attleboro, actually, that is named after a student that died by suicide from North mm -hmm. Attleboro High School. His dad runs it. Um, very passionate. I think it's the fourth year that it's been active. And what they do is <clears throat> they try to vet all the organizations because we get bombarded with lots of information mm -hmm. about um, SCL and, and, and mental health, and they try to vet the organization. They've picked a few organizations that work with Jed Foundation is one of them. Um, Active Minds is another. Mind Your Mind is another. We've had them at the, at the high school as well. Um, so he, he just does that, and then he supports the, the kickoff. So when we wanted to do a kickoff of Active Minds, mm -hmm. um, they provided a grant to the high school and our students to, to start that process. Um, Jed, the Jed Foundation um, is out of New Jersey, or New York. And um, they have developed a, a framework of how to 
bring SEL to schools and do it in a way that is um, K to 12 and, and really uh, in an effective way instead of doing it piecemeal and, and so on. So they work with peers so um, as well. They come in, they do surveys, they do assessments, they do a need assessment in the district and they come in for a couple of years and do some work. So also really good innovation with us. Great stuff. They're only, in a, they're only, I think, in three schools in Massachusetts right now, but they were recommended by Kyle. They were at the same meeting with us. So. Thank you so much. And congratulations. And, um, you're going to get your, you're going for your BSW today. Um, or social worker? Or uh, yeah, social work. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to Syracuse University in the fall and I, I will be majoring in social work and then hopefully switching over to do some psychology work and hopefully be licensed in something. Okay. <laughs> Try, still trying to figure that out. So I'm Elizabeth Panciaco and I'm the representative for the junior class. Um, so our, our time right now is not nearly as exciting as the seniors, um, <laughs> but we did have prom and that was a lot of fun. Um, it was a huge success and everyone had a lot of fun. Um, and another thing that happened, Mr. Marsden mentioned the mental health fair. Um, I just wanted to say that there were like dogs um, here, like emotional support animals. And it was just like, so fun. You just got to like pet them and like there were puppies and everything. So it was just like, awesome. yeah, it was really nice. It was a super good, um, like awareness spreading like event. It was really nice. Um, the juniors, we have a lot of school going on right now. We um, are focusing a lot on college. We just switched from Naviance, which is the website or like program we use to organize all our college information. And now we're using um, something called SCORE, I think. Um, I, so yeah, it's complete, a completely new format where we put, it's some um, more detailed and in-depth. Like you get to see like the percentage of Medfield kids who applied to the school, how many of them got in rejected like what the average GPA is so it's much more detailed um, and it's way more helpful than Naviance um, but we just adjusted to so we all made new accounts and everything um, we're asking our teachers for recommendations and yeah just a lot of school going on right now so we're just <laughs> we're just pushing through and yeah hoping that we're going to get to where the seniors are right now. <laughs> <laughs> well. Parting words of advice. <laughs> Keep studying. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, be the best friends with your teachers. Tell them everything. Go to your guidance counselor. Go to your guidance counselor for this small little thing. Just talk to them. Just hang out with them. Go in, go in for office hours, 100%. You got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much it with the junior class. We're excited for the year to be over soon. So. Yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> Let's go, please. Sure. I'm Catherine Bannister. I am the representative for the class of 2024. I'm a sophomore. Um, right now, everything's going great as it's coming to a close, not much time left. Um, last time we were here, I think we had just lifted the mask mandate for the school. And it's just been, yeah, 
Wow. Yeah, it just seems like it's, it's yeah, a long ago. I mean, we had to push our last meeting back anyway, but yeah. Yeah, wow. I know. So everything's been going great since masks are now optional. And it's just nice to see everyone's smiling faces. Um, the warm weather is definitely making an impact on everyone's mood, also except for today. Um, as it's warming up <laughs> and tomorrow when it's night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we're just in the home stretch as spring sports are also in full swing. And I've heard positive feedback about that. We have our National Honor Society induction on Tuesday, the 24th, which is coming up next week. Um, we also had the freshman sophomore semi formal at the end of April, and that went very smoothly. Um, it was nice to have our first high school dance as a grade. And also nice to have an event in school as a grade without masks required. Um, I also had the opportunity to attend prom this weekend. And although I didn't get to experience it, it seemed like it went pretty well for you guys. Um, and actually, yesterday, we just finished math MCAS. So we finished MCAS for good. So that's, that was a really good feeling. Um, thanks. And the focus for most students will soon become finals. And for student government, our second round of our flag fundraiser was just completed and it was successful once again. And we're gonna have one more final fundraiser of the year and it's gonna be phone case wallets. So be on the lookout for those. And that's all I have for tonight. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm Sophie Shields and I'm a representative for the freshmen. Um, so we're like kind of like starting to like wrap up our like final units of like the school year. And like in our classes, we've started to like look back and like prepare for like our MCAS that we're doing like finals. Um, and then we've like, we've definitely like entering this last corner, like definitely like not right around the school and like um, like using this flex time, we definitely figured it out and like how to manage our time with like after-school activities and um, the homework, um, which has been good because it's it's like there's been a pretty like smooth transition from like learning how to do stuff now. Um, and then for student government, we had like a raffle that we had some medical businesses donate to and helped us start to raise some money. Um, which was pretty successful. Um, I think, and yeah, like they did a good semi. That's pretty much it though. <laughs> so can I ask you, I remember when, um, and this is something that I think almost every freshman would express one way or another, when they come in, they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is like drinking from a fire hose or that there's, it's hard to transition no matter how many supports you put in. Um, can you tell me when you started to feel like your class, you don't even have to tell me about you, but can you tell me, and the rest of you, can you tell me where in your freshman year you felt like, okay, I think I think I got this. Like I, it's not as hard, the transition is better. I kind of feel more settled. Like around where in the year do you feel like that happened? Do you remember or was it just a process? I feel like probably like after like the first quarter or something, like we start to like understand like this is our first time like grades and stuff so it's it's been like a big adjustment but like I feel like we kind of adjusted pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys? I mean, do you? Uh, I mean, you guys to some extent had the craziest like freshman or junior. I mean, so it's really hard to kind of remember 
to that point, but do you have a sense of, you know, you were able to at least be here for the first time quarter through your freshman year. Do you mm -hmm. remember around where that, or is that so far when we're leaving there? I think you can't remember. Because I'd like to be able to like, well, first of all, I do have an eighth grader. I was going to be going into the high school, but also I think it's really important for parents and kids to know that it's it's not what you walk into in September and those feelings, but it does often get much better. There's a time that gets under your belt. But do you feel like that's, and that there's a time to maybe be asking for help if you don't feel like things have gotten easier or you're a little more comfortable? Like where in freshman year would do you remember feeling that way or having that or your classes? And it really doesn't have to be self-disclosures. Do you have a sense of when it became more uh, comfortable? Yeah, I think while the year, my freshman year was COVID-free. So I definitely had the real raw freshman experience. And um, from what I remember, I'm like, I was not so much thrown off by the workload, but more seeing the high schoolers and like walk like the seniors walking around with beards and like that freaked me out. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? This is all I was like, mom, like, I don't know what's going on. There's a boy in my art class has a full grown beard. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am. No, but um I think for me, I found that. Like Sophie said, first quarter to second quarter, I was really transitioned. And I remember in middle school, I could not find my way around that place forever. And high school was super easy for me. And I think it was easy because we have the nice hallways that are categorized um, by uh, studies. And so for me, I think it was pretty smooth, um, except for the beards, of course. Right. Um, but other than that, it was it was pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to just count your experience, but it was very different than yeah. Sophie's for that Definitely. first year. So, Poor Sophie. you know, in terms of work <laughs> or whatever else, do you feel like there was a point where, no, I mean, for, it's almost like it's hard to tell, right, for you guys, probably. Yeah. So yeah. much of that was so, yeah. yeah. You were in what, the spring of your mm -hmm. freshman year? Yeah, I'd say like by the time like we really got adjusted and everything, that's when like COVID mm -hmm. hit. So, I, I honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember. Right. <laughs> but I think a lot of people don't remember quarantine. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not and much help with that. that. <laughs> I know. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I the online, so mine was pretty crazy, but I'd probably say first or second quarter. Yeah. yeah. I mean by halfway through the year, I feel like you're comfortable and set adjusted to things. Because I think sometimes it's really good to help people, uh, parents and kids, to mm -hmm. adjust their expectations. But, you know, it does get better. And there's kind of a process to it. And if it doesn't get better, where, where to go and how, how to get some support around that. Yeah. It can get better, it should. Yeah, and also, um, I feel like the adjustment isn't like, it's a big adjustment, but it's not as drastic as people, like, think it is like I feel like a lot of eighth graders and their parents get like super nervous about the big jump um but it's like you have a great community around you to help you like get through it so I think it's it's very doable and it's not something that anyone should be nervous about or anything we will be but uh <laughs> but it, like all changes kind of unfolding into it too 
I just can't thank you guys enough. The work that you've done this year. Does anybody have things that they'd like to talk about or ask? Have a great summer. Wonderful <laughs> summer. Have like a great summer. life. That <laughs> 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 sounds like you've you made the best out of this year, which I think is really exciting. I think that's the part that I'm happy to hear. And uh, you know, and it's obviously if there's anything else that could be better, you know, from freshman, you know, this don't be afraid to share it here, you know, whether it's you know, less beards on people, you know. Yeah, please get them to shave. <laughs> I think the biggest jump was definitely the social jump from eighth grade from the middle school and everybody's wearing neon and that whole thing. And then you would go to the high school and then there's just like beards. And <laughs> what is this? I don't, I'm not comfortable. So, but you definitely, you get to be friends with the people with beards and they're actually nice people ever. So even if they don't, it just works out. I mean, you got that initial jump scare and then you, you're, you're ready to go. So, I mean, that's you up for success. But. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I'll say, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I shaved. Next couple <laughs> uh, no, um, I love the enthusiasm across the board. I think we all know it's tough to be in school, you know, middle school, high school, the last few years. So I, I appreciate you coming here. Each one of you said, hey, the year's been great. We know it's not always great, but um, we want to hear the good and the bad. But I, I think the enthusiasm and positivity is, is a, a great, um, great to see in here. So thank you for that. Thanks, <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Like to stay for the excitement. Ask this. We've got electric vehicle charging. It's coming up any second. Electric vehicle charging? Yeah. We're getting like, chargers. Well, maybe we're getting chargers. I don't know because the next person up is going to be that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so thank you so much to them. They really are such a joy. And I look forward to next year's group. Come on, come up high. Uh, the next thing um, on the agenda is uh, this is Susan McBee. I have Jeff and Michael introduce her, and she is from Eversource to talk to us about uh, electric vehicle charging stations. Um, hey, thank you. So Susan McBee works for Spark Energy. She's the consultant uh, for the town of Medfield, appointed uh, by uh, Selena her. Um, and Susan's been working with Amy. Unfortunately, Amy can't be here. Um, so the last few weeks, Susan and I have been chatting about different projects here in town that we can take advantage of. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but for tonight, the main purpose is that we um, we identify two locations where we can put um, charging stations uh, for vehicles, for electric vehicles, on school property. One would be located um, at the middle school, high school campus, and the other one would be located um, at Wheelock. 
Um, so Susan's going to just talk about a little bit about that, answer any questions you have. Um, and if there's any questions I can answer, I'll, I'll jump in. So thanks for your introduction and thank you very much for your time. I appreciate this. It's a, you guys have a lot to do. Um, so just a tiny bit about me. I just started working with the town in the fall. I'm an independent consultant. I work with seven different municipalities um, about energy conservation, things to do with sustainability. So basically my experience, um, I actually started as a volunteer in another town and this became a passion and then became a small business. And now I've, over time, it basically is the two hard box in so many different communities, but it goes from DPW to town manager's office, then maybe to planner, and it never really lands anywhere because it's always too hard. So too I hard took the box. two I hard box <laughs> in one town, and then the town next door said, wait, you could have ours too. So it's, um, it's turned out to be really great because it's a passion of mine, but it's not necessarily a passion for everybody in municipal government. Um, so what we're here to discuss tonight, and I'm hope, hopefully we'll discuss many things over time, um, but I've been working with Medfield Energy Commission with the town manager's office, with Mike, um, with Amy, um, and there's a really great laundry list, all kinds of excellent projects that we can do. Um, but the first thing that we did was um, apply for a green communities grant that we were awarded. And one of the, I think there's eight lines on the grant, and three of those lines are for EV charging. So we have money from green communities to pay for the equipment for the physical charging apparatus. Um, but it turns out that's the least expensive part of this, but we have that for free. Now, the other good news is um, Eversource has a program called Make Ready. Um, most of the utilities in the state do, and um, it's kind of a, a gentleman's agreement, I think, with the state that they will come to municipalities and do everything that it takes to create that space where you can plunk the equipment down. And that tends to be 15 to 50,000, up to $100,000 worth of work just to get from the power source, maybe upgrade the power, trench, go through curbs, go through driveways, stub it out, run the conduit, all that stuff is actually much more expensive than the equipment that you plug in. So we've got the equipment for free, and then Eversource at this program actually ran out of money, but we're really lucky we're the only town left in the state that has money set aside from that Make Ready program. So we wanna get that in place. So that's what we're asking you to please vote payroll action so we can take advantage of the free money. Um, the uh, legislature still has to reapprove the next tranche of funding. Um, so we wanna get this done now so we can close out this grant and then reapply again in the fall and do other exciting things like rooftop units and other really thrilling things that nobody ever sees. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's why we're here. The Make Ready funding is available and set aside to support three locations in town. One is a municipal location that the, select, the selectmen voted favorable election last week. And then the other two sites, um, one is back here by Pound Street, so it would serve both the Blake and the high school. And the other one is at the Wheelock, and it's actually in between the school and the play fields. Amy had said there's places that people tend to park during games that aren't official parking spaces that DPW was going to make into official parking spaces anyway. And it's right near a transformer. So we've walked this with Eversource. Eversource is like, yeah, we want your two brand new spaces right next to the transformer. Thank you very much. And then it would be um, towards the Pound Street end. Do I have that right, Mike? Correct. Because that's really near a power pole and it's much easier for them to pull the power from there. So those are two locations we're talking about. So in essence, all the infrastructure is gratis. 
Um, in terms of what the ongoing costs are, that is really variable depending on how the town decides to move forward. So there, there are a lot of different philosophies in the different towns around here. And I don't think we need to decide that tonight. I think the idea tonight is just do we want to provide EV charging? And then over time, what we can do is have like a show and tell of equipment. What do we want to buy? Do we want to make it just bulletproof and give the electricity away? Do we want to have credit card, you know, opportunities so we can have people pay for it? Do we, you know, there's all kinds of other decisions when we actually buy the equipment. So the next step, I think, would be a show and tell to say, here are the different options. So first we decide if we want a yes or no, and then we can move forward with the infrastructure. Then we decide, here's the show and tell, what do we want to buy? Do we want to charge? Because it's expensive to have the Wi-Fi and the credit cards and so forth. But we don't have to decide that tonight. We make a decision about all that and kind of a, a future decision making. And then if we're going to charge, how much are we going to charge? Do we charge by the hour? Do we charge by the kilowatt? You know, so forth. So it gets a little complicated. And I have the data on that. There's a lot of communities around here that have a lot of chargers. Um, so just to give you an idea in terms of peer communities, shared a little bit of data. Um, Natick currently has 19 different locations where you can charge an electric vehicle. Norwood has eight, Wellesley has 12, Dedham has three, Needham has five. I can go on and on. But this is definitely the wave of the future. Um, and what's happening in other schools just from sort of hearsay is this gives your staff an opportunity to buy an electric vehicle because where gas and electric, uh, gas prices are going crazy, electricity is, relatively speaking, a much more stable price. So in general, if you're driving an EV, you're paying predictably under $2 a gallon equivalent. So for a teacher who's not making a fortune, who might live a ways away, this is a great option to be able to, in general, charge at home with your phone. But when you get to work, you might want to top up. And in other schools, what we're finding is, you know, the teacher in this wing is texting the teacher in that wing saying, hey, at break, could you move your car because I need to recharge mine? You know, because people, these are great commuting options, right? Um, it's inexpensive and it's really great for the, the climate. It's really great for saving carbon. So the final point that I would make is I really urge that you vote favorable action because it sends a great message to students. You know, our students are stressed and one of the big stressors is climate. And what are we doing about climate? So if you put chargers out there, you're sending a really strong message to your students that you care not just about their education, but about their worries about the future and about climate and what are we doing about it. So it, it says, you know, we support every facet of your life. And I think it's an important, visible message to send. Um, and I've actually had feedback from parents saying, oh, that's great that, you know, now we can see this in the parking lot. And so also students might want to charge. So who knows? That, that, regulations we got we need to make them really long. Um, I guess I, I have questions. Uh, philosophically it sounds you know lovely, uh, but our responsibility is fiscal. So um, you know we as a town we did not necessarily pool our energy costs. So we would be uh, on the the hook for the actual fiscal breakdown on this. So um, I feel like, you know, Michael, do you have specifics around that or could you bring data to us at the next meeting? Is there any specific kind of intensity around this 
um, that we have to do this tonight or could we do it before the end of the fiscal year? Because I, I feel like there's, and I think that that's just something that's really important so, to so ask. I, I think that um, it's my understanding the board of selectmen of the night described or said they're gonna develop a policy around this for the town site, which I think would make sense for us to try to follow whatever they're doing with that because if they're gonna do the, the policy around it where they would charge. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be something that it would just be there as a surface free that the folks would have to pay for electricity, which I, mean, I think we have to look at analysis whether that offsets our electrical costs you know, as part of that process. So what's the numbers in there in the package? Yeah. Um, just an idea of it. It's, you know, I mean, yeah. but electricity is so yeah. variable. And also at this point, electricity is generally not renewable. We're still burning significant amounts of coal, right, to provide electricity to what, what's our coal free that we're up to about 24 to 26% renewable at this stage. It goes up by two points every year. Okay. Um, um, so this was actually, this came up uh, during our build, we had a recent building project. Uh, right, with the infrastructure. Yeah, to have the infrastructure during yeah. the building project for WeLock at the time uh, for that site. So it was part of our conversation to put that in place. So it wasn't 100% off the table of how it would work. We, we had a few, not very many, but we had a few conversations about the idea of possibly credit card charging and whatever else to cover the electricity cost. Um, which, even of course, we were looking at solar uh, as well, solar canopies and other options to uh, you know to help power the building and offset our costs. Um, I agree with uh, the concepts and all the philosophical things. Um, my only question would just be around you know making the decision on the policy and the charging for the fiscal reasons, um, knowing that you know although not as volatile as uh, gas. Uh, my electric bill has gone up significantly in the past uh, 18 months. Um, so, so with that would be my only concern, but again, if it's gonna be a net zero to us, um, you know, at, you know, out of the gate, um, I don't see any, any problem with the, with the opportunity, to be honest, and taking advantage of the funds. I'd be curious to hear what Michael has so, to say. So we, we, block, we lock in our electricity costs. Um, that's something we decided to do about eight years ago with the town. And we use a company called Power Options to do so. Um, so our, we're locked into the next three years. For us, so we're not gonna fluctuate. But what, <clears throat> um, what Susan was saying is we're gonna have options for canopies hopefully soon that are gonna be hopefully on this you know, property. Um, that could help with the cost uh, it all depends on the policy sure. and how quickly we can fill canopies up here uh, in Medfield. Hopefully soon, uh, but we do, you know, Dr. Martin and I have spoken about different options of canopies, not just in parking lots, but just to make things um, a little different, you know, for students having, you know, sidewalks. Have covering because we can't be shade of the bleachers. That's actually the one that talked about in case it rains. A canopy over the bleachers. All that is going to help us reduce our cost, mm -hmm. um, especially on this specific uh, property. So there's some great things that are happening. Yeah. Um, this is just the first step. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, you know we're taking a step forward. Uh, which is what the community wants. 
Yeah, I actually, my, my worry actually is just like you said around the texting is, uh, is building the ability to expand. Well, that's uh, actually, actually counterproductive or counter to what I just asked about, you know, the financials. It's like, how also do we put in the infrastructure to expand? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that. That's something that I unintentionally missed. Um, so the, the Make Ready program mandates that initially we have basically it looks like one post but it has two heads so a dual head right so that's the first one but when they do all that infrastructure work they mandate that they then stub out a further four spaces for dual heads so then it's like lego i mean literally you can get the town electrician just buy the next pole and put in one or two or three more so if it turns out to be super popular you can easily, because as I say, it's counterintuitive, but the least expensive part is actually just getting the pole with the charger on it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's so once the infrastructure is there, yeah. essentially expanding it is relatively yes. inexpensive. And the utilities have anticipated that with the way they structured this make ready program. Mm -hmm. So they really view it as making it ready through 2020, 30, you know, because mm -hmm. nobody really knows what it's going to look like right now. It looks like people are mostly charging at home, like your phone, you leave your car ready to go mm -hmm. 200, 300 miles every morning. So it's kind of a non-issue. It's really more of a- Well, it's a the neighbors who are getting, unless we have a credit card, everybody's <laughs> gonna be in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might be more, I'm thinking, perhaps the staff that might have longer commutes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I've seen it in the place, places of business, like offices now. I think the only place in town that charges by the bank, right? right. Yeah, and I don't know if they charge for that or not, to be honest. Uh, I thought it was kind of a they neat do idea. Do they charge? Yeah. I don't know. I was taking I mean, it from our school nurse. But the, it is a rapid charger. This this would be a rapid charger as compared to a yes. home charger, which exactly. unless you bought the rapid charger for home, yeah. which can be a few thousand dollars to install, I believe, at your house. Actually, you know, speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can get one for just a few hundred dollars and oh, really? it cost me about 300 bucks. It, it draws as much as um, a, an electric dryer. You have a, a clothes dryer. So unless you need to upgrade your service. Oh, I see. Um, so yeah, it's really very painless. Yeah, so it might have been the really most really not anything now because we've got Correct. the equipment, we've got the grant. Correct. And yeah. then um, we would most likely charge for this or to offset. Yeah, who, so. who makes that final decision on charges, how we charge? Yeah, them? do we own it because it's on our property or does the town, what's the, how's that going with the select? Yeah, what's the selector revision? Who acquired electrical? Yeah, it would be, <laughs> if it's on the street property, it would be your jurisdiction. Yeah. Because it's a financial matter. I think the vision of how to proceed from here, the uh, Board of Selectmen was saying, let's just test drive this for the first six months. Let's collect data and see how much juice we're actually spending so that we can do an economic calculation because the utilities are really reluctant to share. And quite honestly, I don't think they have the data because it costs so much to put a meter on. These things aren't individually metered. Right. So it's really a lot of guesswork. Mm -hmm. Other than if you can get the credit card records for the places where people are, um, you know, paying to charge, and those are the people we would have come to uh, show and tell, you know, when you want to, do you want to buy this poll or this poll or this poll, and they're very reluctant to share information. I called yet again, preparing for this meeting, and those people are very tight-lipped. They do not want to share information. But there is there are a couple of dominant companies in this area. We can talk to everybody. We can go from, you know, the simplest 
no charging all the way to, you know, collecting all the data, charge card facilities, so, you know, they come and take care of everything. So we can look at all that. So I think the next steps would be that the energy committee, Medfield Energy Committee, we might start with the show and tell with them and anybody who wants to come along from anywhere else, obviously welcome. And there are so many brilliant engineers on your committee. Oh my gosh, your town is really lucky. It's yeah. an incredible <laughs> pool of talent. Um, anyway, so all those people would be asking the questions and you know making their lists and checking it twice and um, coming up with a recommendation both to school committee and to select board. This is what we recommend, this is why, but I think with the idea that maybe for six months, we capture the data, see how much people really are charging, and then balancing that with how much would it cost to run that system versus give it away, so forth and so on. And then we've got, you know, or in Ukraine, that's making energy prices go nuts. Right. So I think it'll give us a chance to let all these things settle. So down. there are proposals for on school property and there are proposals in town. Did I see something near town hall or something or other? Correct. On the map. Okay. On right. Jane, the James Street lot. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what would they go in? Do you know? Um, so this grant, I'm hoping to close out by the end of August. So we would install over the summer. Um, so I, I want to close out so we can Look find more money to one. Curious if there's a way to even just click, you know, have people use their phone number, plug in your phone number and charge it for the six months. Yeah, so you can see how many unique users plug in, you know, and how much they're averagely using it. Because, um, you know, it's, it's it would be nice to know how many different users are using it as opposed to, and as well as how much, you know, how much juice. So, because um, you can see how many, how many customers you have, I guess, yeah. you know, uh, per se. So um, oh, I'm happy to share that when we have show and tell, please come along and you can ask all the questions. I love it. That sounds cool. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I'm in full support of it. I totally. Think. Yeah, I just my, I think it's great. Why would you go sure now? Have all the data though, and the questions yeah. that were actually. Sure. Yeah, what what, what um like like why would other town groups in this? Why what are some of the plausible drivers for people saying no? Um, I don't think people have said no as much as um they're thinking if i don't have an ev or my town you know if the building inspector doesn't have an ev or you know until there's a town function some towns are kind of waiting until we're starting to buy electric vehicles as a town to provide chargers in the town yeah. and then conversely and then some towns are power and lights you know so that they're not part of the whole make ready they don't get any of this money 
and they can't collect so grants. Like would be so some of the this. some of the towns that have zero are power and lights. Then again, some of the power and lights, like Wellesley, they're like, we want an EV charger every single place we can put one. So it's it really is almost a town workshop test. Like, what are the values of the town? Yeah. Yeah, we have a what's, what's the name of that committee that we talked about today? Sustainable Medford. Yeah, the Sustainable Medford Group too. I don't like I, I said, you know, Jeff and, um, and Mike, I mean, obviously, I'm looking to take advantage of some sort of grant because we've been passing on some stuff lately that we shouldn't have. So, uh, <laughs> um, and I feel it feels like a no brainer. Uh, um, <clears throat> So if the committee is comfortable, uh, what exactly do you need from us in terms of a vote? For so this? we have documents from Eversource who mm -hmm. cannot do anything until there is a signature from the town, which is your action and I'm guessing the superintendent's signature or so it's the chair and the chair of the board of selection. You may trench on our land, you may put this okay. conduit down. You know, we understand, and then we're committing. Once we accept their money, we're committing that we will install a charger that meets their specs. So that's where the show and tell comes in. And yeah, I read the whole um, agreement. Yeah, I assume they 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 own all the crunching and the yeah. poles and right. the right. everything that was involved. Which yeah, I can turn exactly right here. Right. So the first entrance. Yeah. You know, when you take that right to right on the right hand side. Where the old uh, school vehicles were parked. Okay. There's four slots that are going to be yeah. dedicated right there. Okay. I'm happy to hear that they're going to clean up some of the parking over at Wheelock as well. Totally off subject, but people continue to take that right in the loop going against traffic. They just need to take the Put it on concerned citizens. Line. I don't, I'm not on concerned <laughs> citizens anymore. I did myself a favor. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'll go aside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dr. Morrison, you're comfortable with this as well, fiscally. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, so, it would, in essence, I'd be asking the committee to uh, give us or give the chair and the superintendent uh, permission to, to sign. Correct. To both, I maybe to sign the agreement for Make Ready and also to accept the grant sure. funding for the um, chargers. Okay, equipment. So I'll make a motion. You go right. Ahead. I'd like to make a motion to uh, accept the grant money for the chargers from uh, Green Communities. Green Communities and the the agreement to do the site work from Eversource Make Ready at the two locations of Wheelock. And uh, I believe it's typically at the middle school area or Pound Street, yeah, on, on the Pound Street location. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to the to this campus, to that middle high school campus. And you authorize the chair and the superintendent. And, I authorize, and to authorize the chair and the superintendent to enter into said agreement. Leo, can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy know, as it looks. I know they weren't recording that part, and, and I'm just helping Andrea. You are cheeky. Um, 
So moved. Is that what it was? Or second? Second. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Motion passes unanimously. And thank you very much. Thank you, thank very, you much. very much. Thank I just you. want well, you to know to bring you more exciting energy projects. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited about the canopies. I think that's. It's an excellent way. They have them over in Wayland. I was really impressed to see them over there. Uh, some of your stuff already has them too. Do they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they must have them. Yep. So. Okay, Leo. Um, we're on the clock here because apparently there's some basketball team playing tonight. Medfield High playing? Yeah. 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 No, I, me, I don't know, but somebody around here is getting really Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate it. Um, okay, with the committee's permission, I'm going to take the next agenda item out of order, showing up for your curveball. Um, so we can discuss our rescheduling and calendar planning all at one time. So I'd like to have Michelle talk and have us have our discussion about uh, annual town meeting and kind of debrief from that. And then Michelle has uh, spoken to me about some concerns she has, and I think that we probably all share them um, about how we fulfill the student bylaw, or the, sorry, the um, school building committee bylaw in terms of membership and what next steps are. So I'm gonna actually, uh, unless we have something we necessarily like to discuss about annual town meeting right now in specific, uh, either article 18, which was ours, or some other part that affected the schools. Um, but then I'll hand the floor over to Michelle, because I do know that she wanted to talk about Article 14. So does anybody, anybody have anything that they'd like to really kind of specifically review or I have questions my, about? My own, um, um, I was disappointed in um, the perception that school committee did not want anyone with an educational background on the committee. Right. You yeah. know, so it was, it was really kind of, I, I perceived it as we we felt that we wanted to pick or um, select those who were, we thought were qualified to represent us. Which did not mean not educational. It exactly. simply meant that that qualifier then makes it very difficult for us to pick an extremely qualified person. Yeah, no, and we explained that. So it just, that and just then it, but it, wasn't it came out that. as, yeah. what, you don't want anyone with education? <laughs> so it kind of, it was a lost in translation, and I just thought that was an unfortunate mm -hmm. situation. Listen, most likely everybody in this room has at least 13 years of educational experience. Right? Because they went from kindergarten to <laughs> graduated from I high school. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, in our house, 36 cumulative. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was my only comment. So, so then when it was regurgitated back, I thought, that's not it. But, <laughs> you know, anyways. So Michelle, yes. So, um, so the bylaw passed, as we know, and where we're at right now, my understanding is it's been submitted submitted to the attorney general, and we'll be waiting um, anywhere between thirty and ninety days to find out if it's approved. Um, but in the meantime, what I wanted to kind of start having from a conversation standpoint is outlining the different framework or what we want to be doing in regards to what a new SBC might look like. Um, so we know that the school committee will be um, appointing four voting members, right? Two, which cannot be coterminous, and two additional. It must be school committee. Correct. Right. Two, yes, school committee members. 
um, and two additional appointments that will be Medfield residents with pertinent experience in education, if possible. So for the first part, um, I, I, my first question is, do we have a general understanding of the average lifespan of an SBC? So our, our most recent one was like three-ish years, right? If the school had passed, the SBC would have continued to work until the completion. So we would be looking at a five-ish plus six. six. And so, okay. So knowing at that level of time commitment um, and knowing that having the language in there of us not allowing to serve as coterminous members. So right now, Tim and I can't serve together. Justin and Anna can't serve together. Leo, you can serve in any capacity in any combination of school committee members because you don't have a coterminous person with you. Um, and knowing that, you know, like there are two people or one person every year who are voted, you know, who either run for re-election or don't. And so you may be changing membership with that. Right. Which I think is what we were trying to say is that, you know, like we, we work to manage transitions all the time. Yes. But every single time you change the membership of an SBC, particularly if you're working with the MSBA, you also have to have that cleared. Right. Through the MSBA. So um, it just ends up lending a lot of churn administration and not a lot of continuity. But we argued that point and we have what we got for right now. Right. So in that space, though, I wanted to kind of start a discussion to see if we wanted to figure out a way to maybe put terms on what we did in regards to an SBC and rotate ourselves through. So instead of disappointing, you know, last time it was Leo and Anna Mae and they were there the whole time, do we want to consider something where we would appoint two school committee members and we know that they will be on the new SBC for a year, 18 months, less than that, more than that, and we can stagger them if we want to, but then we're continually rotating the five school committee members through the SBC instead of just putting the onus on the two specific members that are picked on that day until perhaps they have to not be a part of it for some reason. So anyway, I just wanted to start a conversation on that piece in regards to like the pros and cons and does something like that make sense for us? I think the pro um, is it, gets the involvement of different aspects into the process and being familiar with the, with the project itself. Um, uh, I think one of the reasons why I was on is because of the number of projects I've been involved in. So I've been in a dozen building, school building projects in my career. And, you know, and, but with that said, um, one of the things this town, well, at least the last SBC, can't say that any futures will have that same amount of experience on it as the last one. Uh, because of that, though, I believe there will be, uh, you know, I think it wouldn't be much of a loss of representing what is needed on behalf, on behalf of the school. Uh, my experience with them during that process was at least the SBC process then. Uh, took a very instructional approach to the building process, right? So there was a lot of emphasis on programming, future of programming, and longevity of the building. So all things that anyone would want to be fiscally responsible in a building is, is part of the MSBA process. I think that the MSBA process and going to the MSBA was, would be extremely helpful for everyone to experience. So even if there were two people on that are part of the community that are attending that process, the rest should probably attend in the audience to hear that 
that importance and why that is there. So one of the main things was a 50 year building, build this building to last a minimum 50 years. So, and I think that's, I mean, that's obvious, but, but to think that way, you can't value engineer everything out of the building because then it won't last 50 years. So, you know, we're talking about the costs, you know, that were involved. I think one of the things that was maybe not emphasized enough was the longevity of this building, right? How long is this building gonna last? And so, um, so I think that that process and that voice, I think in what you're suggesting is, uh, would be helpful, you know, if that's decided. Now, uh, I think that, you know, that six years is also an awful long time. Uh, that's two terms, yeah. you know, minimum of two terms uh, for some folks. If you're starting at the very- If you start at the very beginning. I mean, you know, kind of intuitively to some extent right. if we're to appoint somebody for the full, you know, for the longevity, right. we would be looking at you and Tim. Right. conceivably as the people who will be able to kind of carry this for the longest period of time through right. its development. Um, but, you know, the bylaw doesn't state that. And so where we are right now, you know, we need to kind of try to make it work before we say, listen, right. I don't think this is going to work. So we need to kind of go well, we through that philosophical exercise even here, right? figuring out what happens. Well, it could be like, you know, if you have one, <clears throat> one permanent one or at least one three-year appointment and then Roughly file the others through, you know, at that other seat to participate, and then on that third year, if that person's leaving or just <clears throat> done with it, right? Oh, and we always have to yeah. say that you know, like the the year that you are up for re-election, there is no guarantee one way or another. Right. Ordinarily, people get voted back in, but sometimes it doesn't happen, and and we need to be prepared for that in, in any number of transitions, as we have been. So, Tim, you wanted to speak? Yeah, I just, I think um, I look at it as the pro uh, would be balancing with workload. Um, but I believe, I mean, there's many, many pros, but I think that that, you know, is the potential. It's a massive commitment that the folks here went through previously. Um, I do believe we have the ability <clears throat> to cycle people out regardless. Mm -hmm. um, which I also think, helps with workload, I think, because yeah, we, we have, have it. Jobs as well. <clears throat> I, I think of the con, and yeah, right. If you look at it six years, that's that's a big. It's a big commitment. I, I, I think of it as getting them to get getting to sixty-seven percent is that's the line of sight that I'm thinking about yeah. when, when I look at it. And continuity is a positive thing. Like yeah. when that group gets together and starts saying what's really important to us. Um, if our example was we're going to be cycling people through and the other two committees who can nominate use that, it might be as you're getting to a vote, you're saying to you, why did we make that decision? So it's like, I, I think of that I'd rather lean towards continuity, mm -hmm. um, thinking your brain in there to stick it out and let other, you know, other factors may say, hey, this isn't quite working. I'm sure we can um, manage the, the, the shift. But I, I think of it as, Hey, it's it's important that what happens in that first three months, me seems to be really important. Yeah, that sets the tone, that sets the structure, and and that is, I think, you know, from what what folks have said, that's where some some things we could have done differently. We as a community town, I mean, yeah. that's how I look at it. Is you know, why did we do that? Oh, there was a long debate. You know, notes are in it, whatnot, but being there is is to me. Um, 
the greater value for us. That's um, that's how I think of it, and I'm not trying to influence one or the other. I'm just yeah. I'm intrigued by that. I, I am intrigued, but um, um, and I have to think on it more. However, um, I I'm more falling into the Tim camp in terms of there is just and just coming off it, so yeah. I'm very fresh. Um, <laughs> Wrong, even. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to stay positive like there are students, right? And um, um, one, there is a buttload of work. So it is, you know, it is a huge commitment and it was just, um, it was its whole, uh, another beast. However, because it is so complex, complicated, um, I'm seeing as a con just that onboarding for the next person, right. unless that next person has been following it, watching, you know, whatever, reading the minutes and really staying on top of it, mm -hmm. that transition, depending who it is and how involved he or she was in keeping up, seems like a lot of work, mm -hmm. you know, and so I would prefer someone who is wants to do it will be committed to it but if they get voted off we'll deal with it you know and i mean that that would happen but going into it with i'm committed i want to see this through i'm going to use my time talent whatever to work hard on this so but but i'm intrigued you know uh with it so i'm going to keep an open heart open mind but those are just my initial thoughts okay and you know i mean to Anna May's point, um, it is all encompassing. And I know that Anna May and Leo both have not had, a, like, really a, beyond the regulars, we're doing the stuff which is all incorporating, you know, all incorporating anyway, or kind of just, uh, just takes an enormous amount of time anyway. You did not have specific, like, Leo was vice chair, but there's no, like, really specific kind of task oriented to that and you were a member at large because that was your focus. Exactly. You know, yeah. that SBC yeah. was your focus. Yeah. So it does take a significant amount of time for you guys or whoever's on the committee to to do that. And I think we've always tried to honor that, you know, but it also ends up then that so many of the other things that are part of the school committee kind of umbrella, you know, fall to the other Three people. Not not that we didn't ever, you know, we never asked you because it was no, and you know, were very respectful of that. And I am and it was an enormous amount of work that I was not doing, which I was pretty excited yes. about. But you know, but. it would be interesting to talk to a Tim Bonfotti, a Mike Quinlan who works with SBC, you know, with with these projects all the time and, and what their thoughts are on yeah. it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they would yeah, that's why I wanted to have kind of a you know, loud conversation I'm about sure it. they would have um, an opinion and maybe um, glean some information that we're not really thinking of, mm -hmm. but I think they'd be a great resource. To you know, ask. you know, the, the bylaw, when I read it, you know, I felt it was very inclusive. I, I felt the age piece on there was a little restrictive. <laughs> I actually have a picture of, um, of Bob Sliney and uh, Ed when um, they said that, you know, like, and you know we need to include people who are older in town and you know over sixty five and they're both like 
Why am I chopped liver? <laughs> I know, exactly. You know, I mean, like, we had, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it was going to be a problem. I get it, you know. Finding yeah. that. Um, I, I would say that one of the things in my experience with committee, with the building committees in the past, um, is the involvement of the school staff, um, particularly those who run operations, because um, this is a physical plant that's being built. Um, yeah, spaces and having spaces uh, that are very functional. That's all kind of going to come to the design process, I and mean, that's a good part to be a part of. But you know, in the building projects, to be honest, there's a lot of detail work that us, and even me now, I may not even think of it like I did when I was a CIO in a school district. But like, I would expect input from an Owen because Owen is going to make sure that there's enough drops in all the spaces and that there's a Wi-Fi drop where there needs to be one, and reviewing those blueprints because there's a lot of work that goes into reviewing blueprints and making sure the symbol belongs where the symbol supposed to be and so that when the electrician comes in it actually gets there right and so that, you that's are speaking from experiences other districts have had where oh yes yeah so this work was not necessarily done as well as but it is but it is a lot of call so the weekly when construction starts there's a weekly meeting that the SBC attends um, with the general contractor to review some of that stuff and that's uh you know, it can be a daunting task, right? So there's a lot of requirements. And many a times in Sharon, the school committee folks couldn't um, couldn't make it, but the Gordon Gladstone from the SBC, who I know very well because of all the time I spent with him and those job trailers, you know, he was there for all of them because uh, he was on the permanent building committee in Sharon. I think he still is actually, and I haven't been there in 12 years. So, <laughs> um, so I just think those are the important items. And I think that the art input, even with the way it's designed, I think will be satisfied. Um, and getting creative with the appointments, I think will also be uh, something. So um, the other half for the appointments then, it sounds like we could possibly get more information from some people who've had experiences with other SBCs, take that information back and decide if there are alternatives we would like to explore. Yeah, okay. And I can also um, tap into kind of the chair network Okay. People who, I mean, almost all of the the communities around us right now have had new builds or two or three in the yeah. time that we've been doing this. So um, they'll certainly have a level of experience about what's going on. But Mike, Michael, um, you've worked on a lot of projects. I mean, what's your gut on this in terms of pros cons, in terms of either cycling out um, the In, in my experience, they always have at least two school committee members on the um, on the building committee. And what they did in, in my prior district was when a school committee member came off because they lost the election, yeah. they actually left that person on the committee to represent the school committee. So that person would go back to the school committee and report back to the school committee. So, because it is a long committee. I was in the last district eight years, and we had a, a project every two years. We had a new project. In fact, we had three while I was in Devon. Um, so, they, to keep that consistency, they kept that member on my whole entire eight years. And I remember when I left to come to Medfield, he was still on, and he was the school committee's appointment, right? It was a school committee seat. But he stayed on and reported back to the school committee. 
just to keep that flow going because it is a lot of work, um, especially just like Leah said, when you get into actual construction and when they have construction meetings that are weekly, um, you know, there's usually people that are represented in those meetings. It's usually the superintendent, uh, the person in my role, and some from the building committee. Those three people tend to go to at least one meeting, which is a construction meeting a week, plus the building committee meeting, which as you get into construction, meet once a week. Whether so, this is an MSBA project though, or yeah. not. Correct. Those time matter. issues are the same. Bylaw, right. Within the bylaw, I don't think you can do that. Right, there's no appointee in, except unless you're that community person. Correct. So I'm just you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think. Because it, it sounds once like the project starts. Yeah. But even, even we had, when we got to the point where we were still meeting every week. Correct. Yeah. We met with our architects and OPM every, every week. We met. Correct. So, but when you, like I said, when you, when construction starts and you're on site, you do go into the trailer, right? Um, you start the meeting within the trailer, but then you're actually, you know, I remember climbing ladders to the third floor, you know, with no floor underneath you just to look at certain things because like Theo said, you know, um, people that are in the school department know what a building should look like. Right, so you're looking at a blueprint, but sometimes that blueprint might mean nothing to you that you have to actually physically get into that building and see the layout of that building. Um, so there has to be some type of consistency as the project moves forward. Um, and you should have at least one member of that school committee that has that consistency. You know, it, it's, it, it will take six years. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, you know, when I got to Dedham, we had a middle school project that we we're finishing. We started in an elementary school. It took six years from beginning to end. And then my last year and a half, I started a new elementary um, building. And that ended two years ago, which was six years from start to finish. Okay. Yeah, so I think we're going to have to spend some serious time thinking about, about this. Now, and also having conversations around town, you know, because if it does become a true issue around the single, around the best way to do this based on experience and, and input, um, it may be that we need to have conversations about whether the bylaw needs to be adjusted or that there needs to be called a, an agreement for this particular part or that particular part. You know, I mean, laws are meant to serve the community not serve themselves. Mm -hmm. So if it needs to be dealt with, tweaked, amended, maybe that there's a series of things that need to be amended at some point, um, that it would be worth within the experience of the entire community or the committee to, um, to look at that. I mean, that's no, no law is immutable and everything should be made to work for the, the best process in the best way we do. So, so then the other things I wanted to, and I, I recognize that we still have a lot to talk about. So, like really high level, what are our thoughts? What do we have thoughts on how we would look at the other two appointments? Christine said at the select board meeting that they will post something online. I didn't know if we would be pulling from that same Maybe. level of applicants or if we would be looking for. Uh, like we would be trying to find our appointments in a different way. So that was the first thing. Yeah. And then the second thing, just going forward and stating again that we plan on 
I guess kind of looking at what a timeline might be for selecting a new SBC, mm -hmm. and then also working with in conjunction with sorry working in conjunction with the select board and the town moderator to make sure all 12 of the voting members it's a very well-rounded well-represented group so, so making sure that that's selections correct we are also able to bring together a group correct that isn't three silos yes right but actually a working group because but I want to they're sure all going to be together everybody's for a long time. so was I mean I Echoing the last point, is there have a date, a target date? You know, it's interesting. I think one of the things we really need to work on is a pipeline of information from the select board and the school committee, and you know, not so much Scott at this point because he's not really having meetings with himself about all of this. But how do we kind of manage that communication instead of uh, just having to kind of go back and watch the meeting? You know, like it's really hard to pick up action points when when you gotta find the hour and a half to kind of go through the meeting. You know, we can't attend every single one. And so I think that there's a, a information pipeline that needs to work here that's we also did not we, we saw it happen already with the bylaw development in which there was really no pipeline for information or feedback uh, in terms of that cycle of feedback from the participating members. So how do we do that in a way that is coordinated and together? And I think that that's just kind of a nascent uh, initiative we've been trying to do anyway. And this is just one of those hiccups right now that we need to kind of. But it, like, what if you were to make an assumption that says that will be approved the way that it reads? Or the spirit of it is what we see. And we're gonna take the spirit of that. And we're gonna nominate our, you know. What four everyone people. gets for, yeah. And if, we sent an email off to the select board and to Scott and said, wouldn't it be great if we could all nominate by June 30th? Then well, we can I mean, at I least- I think the select board has had this kind of conversation and we can certainly be the people who- Draw a line in the sand. Just say, hey, look, say, let's, talk, let's target June 30th. I don't want to put a stake in the ground though, because those are gusses. <laughs> no, no, but I think what, and I don't want to speak for you, Tim, but I think like a timeline, a yeah. concrete timeline would be very helpful. Mm -hmm. So just what's the next step in regards to establishing that? Right. Yeah, like, and, and I, I'm, this is just the way I look at it. I'm like, I don't want to try to overcomplicate it by thinking about what's going to happen in the next 18 months. Yeah. Because there's, it is though, at least establishing that SBC where yeah. they have to meet and they kind of have to start out that longer timeline. But I'm saying I'd rather target June 30th because otherwise it's going to be October 31. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, and it just doesn't like this is something we need. I'm just thinking in, in preparation for the meeting, looking at the minutes from the, the public forum that the joint public forum, the joint mm -hmm. meeting. I mean, it sounds like everyone's on the same page to right. get some action, right? Just kind of move forward with it and decide when the appointment's going to be and, and get the SBC constituted. And let's and like, well, you know, heck, if we're going to lead, this is what we want. Yeah, I don't want to overcomplicate it. Hey, right. well, they, you know, the select board is thinking of it this way. And we should be coordinated with that one. And like I, that's going to overcomplicate, and that's going to create six months of unnecessary delay in my opinion. Yeah. Could it be that? So, are they going to have an application form? You said Christine said there would be something online, but there wasn't additional information from what I saw in the meeting. I mean, could it be that there is, you know, one form for the committee, and you would check off which, you know, I'm applying to be the, uh, the school committee appointed or whatever. And, and and then 
you've got the school community chair or whatever, the group kind of going through the applications together. I think to that sounds of, incredibly reasonable. You know, like reasonable. How, how like working together instead yeah, of, again, in together. our yes. silos. Yeah. And then accomplishing yes. that kind of universal representation that we really want. Right. So yeah. if you're sitting in a room going through applications like college apps, you know, and just kind of figuring mm -hmm. it out. It'd be interesting to see what we get for applications, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, my concern <laughs> no, is, is it's like, you know, it, I think there's different ways you can go about it. Like, hey, we would really like you to join the SBC and see who applies. But you can also start saying, hey, you know what? You, you would be a good candidate. It would be really helpful. You could be considered within the rest yeah, of the Yeah, what do you think about this? Because yeah. I think you if know, you over it, think you know, right. it, it, like, I, I guess I would start to then say, what are the um, bad things happen to us? You know, if, if we were to say, hey, let's figure out who might be a good fit. Well, to make sure there's, it's clear the time commitment, if that's a big time commitment, um, you know, um, in all those factors too. You know, so like maybe a, a sheet of guidelines. Yeah. Like, look, we, Just so you know. High level, yeah. this is what you yeah. might be signing up for. Right. We'd love to hear from you. But, you know, at least everybody looks at that. Yeah. I mean, ourselves um, included. Yeah. Right. But, it's almost like you develop a subcommittee of this committee to work with a subcommittee of Board of Selectmen and Scott and try to figure out what we want to do for a form like you said. Whatever, I mean, just one person, whatever it is, yeah. just yeah. get someone together. Say, if it's one, 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 whatever it is, but just yeah. kind of get it moving that way. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking, is there anyone together. here who feels uh, who would be interested in kind of taking that initial step? Uh, with the committee's permission to uh, kind of at least coordinate it, certainly be willing to, you know, kind of work with the uh, with Gus and Scott, kind of instituting it. But if you'd be interested in, in working with them around, because I, you know, right now I'm a little short of bandwidth, um, so I can kind of make the initial reach out. But if there are, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you would be on the SBC. Yeah, because I don't plan on being on the SBC right. again. Yeah, no. but, um, <laughs> why not? <laughs> but um, I would be happy if 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 people are amenable. But you know, if someone else, kind of a communication, kind of working together. I I just I would love laying to out. see the groups working together to mm -hmm. form this committee to yeah. to really again um, fulfill the spirit behind it. So it would be acceptable to the rest of the committee. I don't think we have to vote this necessarily, do we? That's the question. Yeah. But it would be acceptable to the rest of the committee to have me uh, reach out to Scott and Gus and propose that we'd really like to start working within and the timelines time and that yeah. anime would, you know, or be contacting with you as a working kind of if as someone our else working is member able to do it. Reach out, have more people reach out and tell our friends to reach out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, you're right. I think at the means in the meantime too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's also it becomes dead field even more. You know, July and August are lost to us unless you have. Right. I think there's some work that can be done in the oh, fall sure. over the summer and the fall that can prepare us for whatever happens with MSBA, mm -hmm. so that we're situated in a really good position. When do we? When what's the um, MSBA cycle of November, December, November, December, 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 December. I think um, when I look at the data, look at the data. Regardless of how we handle this, I think one of the things as a committee that we should discuss and outline on what the actual um, 
solid needs of our district out of a building, of a new building to replace staff. Um, I think a lot of them are outlined in the educational plan that was done. There was a lot of work done that could be reused. Um, you know, people were asking, you know, people continued to ask me questions about renovation costs. What did it cost to renovate Dale? I was like, well, all that information is there. So I went back to the website, picked it up, and just sent it. Um, but almost starting with kind of this, like, where we start with our budget and we know it's a zero budget. Right. Maybe we start with a zero building and say, what are our essential needs? Well, I think we can reuse that. some of that. Well, we can reuse, reuse it, but, yeah, but what work. I'm saying is, no, I, I'd like you to just really redo that completely. No, but what <laughs> I'm saying, you know, we pick out from what we originally did and really kind of highlight Highlight some of the key important. factors, like you know, enough spaces for all the things we need, you know, enough spaces to support the class sizes we need to have, right? They're focused on a campus model. How many grade levels? I mean, we're originally this project was three grade levels. So, um, and being on target with what the possibility space needs are, if we need to expand pre-K. So those things- Six years from now is a very different time. Yeah, it is. Six years ago, I mean, uh, 12 years, years at that point for how long it would take- 50 years of life, right? right. Um, and frankly, you know, I, I still feel that there's a space issue at Dale today um, that I'm not sure if we can wait six years. I'm going to be honest. So I think we need to take that into consideration as well, um, you know, as a committee. So, you know, the, the town will do what the town will, will do and we'll work with them, but that's clear. Um, I think it was loud and clear that money was a big, was a big factor. And I'm, you know, I don't think as a committee, we can wait on us, you know, to see what happens in six years or three years if it's not going to pass again. So, um, but we have space issues now that we need to deal with. So, you know, I, I think that that's something that we need to take into consideration as while we're outlining what we're going to need from a building as well. So, right. Um, and actually, this may uh, lead into our next agenda item in terms of what we look at and focus on this summer in terms of working groups, uh, workshops. And, um, but in the meantime, uh, is there anything else we'd like to have come out of this discussion right now that we can decide on aside from the anime? I'll contact Gus and Scott and say that this is, you know, reaching out, really like to get some deadlines going here and really start moving on this. And anime will be kind of working with you from her experience and the ability to kind of talk about how these things will go. It's all right with everybody and acceptable. Yes. Um, do I have public comment? First of all, it's just to, um, in talking with other people that have been in contact with MSBA with regard to their projects, they typically get some informal word several months before they, the official letter goes out. So they will probably, we will probably get some kind of um, signal from them earlier than November, December. That's the last time we, we knew before last time. Right. So, yeah, so I've heard that. But official November, December. It happened to us last time. Right. Yeah. Mostly because they were so appalled by the commission that they didn't really realize that it needed to happen right away. But, um, okay. So uh, let's move on to the next thing I would like to do which is uh, we have a whole lot of kind of dates and discussions mm -hmm. to have about that, just three items that we need to talk about. Um, first of all, this, uh, we have a, I'll just do through all threes right now. Uh, we have school committee meeting dates that we're going to need to 
vote on for next year. So uh, that was in your packet. Um, or if we need to amend that, we can do that here, but we can just vote it for now and then amend it later if we need to as well. Uh, we also need to reschedule the June 2nd meeting, which I thought might be able to happen on uh, Thursday the 9th, but looks as though it would not work um, for a number of reasons. Uh, so I'd ask, uh, let's take care of that a little bit right now. Can we look at either Monday, June 6th, Tuesday the 7th, or Wednesday the 8th? I know that there's a Dale Music Night in there that maybe you would have uh, conflict with. I don't know. Uh, in music. I'm not familiar with the music night. There's an art night next week, but I have not gotten the word on the music night. So this yeah, is not Monday or Tuesdays. Either night. So Wednesday, maybe. Would anybody be able to do Wednesday the eighth? Anna yeah. can. I can. Michelle's good. I think I'm good. Um, you're able to. I'm okay. Yeah. Oh my God. First things first. Okay, so uh, to avoid losing the fact that we actually all were able to be somewhere at the same night, I'm gonna just bring that to a vote. So um, could we please, uh, it's also, I'm sorry, that June 2nd night, the reason that we're rescheduling is that it is senior recognition night. So I think you. Yeah, yes, you and Dr. Marsden certainly wants to be there as well. Um, so do I hear a motion to reschedule the June 2nd school committee meeting to Wednesday, June 8th? So moved. Leo, so moved. Do I hear a second? Second. Hi. I'm just going to pick Michelle. <laughs> Michelle seconds. Um, and all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, the motion is unanimous. And then, uh, why don't we vote on the um, school committee meeting dates as presented in your packet, um, unless anybody has an amendment that they, or something that they absolutely know would not work or that we've missed something. Motion to approve the school committee dates for the FY23 year. All right, I hear a motion. Uh, do so I hear a second? Second. Okay, Tim, second, and any other discussion? Nope, okay. Then uh, then I will take a vote. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, aye. And no, I don't think we need to do public comment on just dates. Um, unless the committee would like to take public comment on dates. Nope. Okay. Uh, and then we have um, summer workshops. Um, I'd like to talk to you guys. Ordinarily, we've had a couple of workshops and then a retreat. Sorry, the treat, retreat last year, and it was actually extraordinarily helpful. We spent half the day in executive session discussing security and other items, you know, negotiations, staff stuff. Uh, and then we spent half the day talking about pending initiatives. Um, I don't necessarily need to decide the date right now, but I would like to talk to you kind of about uh, the big projects on the horizon and what we might need to focus on during that period of time. So, and then also workshops. Um, I had this kind of crazy idea that uh, we might be able to do a couple of kind of informal workshop meetings around policy with all five of us. And perhaps uh, because Megan is no longer here and she was one half of the policy 
subcommittee, and we always worry about Tim just sitting in the room talking to himself and taking notes. Um, we probably ought to dissolve that. Uh, and I wonder if we wanted to dissolve it until August when we reassign um, so that we as a committee all together would work to kind of go through some of the policy things that we need. Um, and, you know, Tim and Megan do have it, had it pretty well uh, lined up. But is it necessary to even do that? Would we just um, reconvene and... We can reconvene, but we would still have this. I mean, it's not incredibly necessary. It feels Unless like it's cleaning you're assigning up. everybody policies to work on over the summer. Well, that's what I was thinking that we would do, that we would kind of break <clears throat> it down and I, then um, all come back together as the full group so that we can. With our bits done. With our bits done. And I know that there's a lot done, um, but this is just a way of kind of churning through it in bulk over the summer so yeah. that we would be ready to start just bringing them to meetings and cycling them through in an efficient manner so that we can really get this going you know i mean so to some extent this has been a little bit more complicated than it ever needed to be because of the pandemic because of um because of you know staff changes and MS, uh, and, and Sorry, it's is it after nine o'clock yet? It's Almost. just nine o'clock. Um, but it, because of staff changes and because of you know, like it's at MASC. At MASC, yeah, not not ours. Um, so I, I'd really like to pursue some of the ones that are kind of the most important, be able to kind of prioritize those, and then also be able to give Andrea the kind of uh, administrative support she needs to be able to just change mm -hmm. the entire section you know because otherwise she has to go through it's it's difficult because we have the pdf and i'd also like to get it on the web darn it you know through the masc so if we can start kind of churning through some of that very helpful um and we try but you know once again we always get into major projects so what do you think so i think there's a couple of approaches you can take to that process uh at the beginning uh i think Megan and I had a conversation with uh, Glenn where he joined us for a meeting and he described a couple of approaches. Um, one was more towards lift and shift so that you can digitize. And as you, you know, at least you have them, they're more accessible. And then we can start to move through the ones that you really have to. The other is more, you know, a great deal of study before you move each one up. And he just, I don't wanna, you know, I'd have to, check the minutes but the way he led us led me to believe was those that are doing detailed study he sometimes never hears from them again and they never get them digitized this is all new information right? i'm so, so I, glad to hear i, I, th I think um you know there's there's an it's it was an interesting approach and i thought i think there's it might be beneficial if we were to at least have a one like a one hour meeting with all of us mm -hmm. so that we, we get on the same page with the pros and cons of the, the approaches um, and I, th I think the process we went through was learning. You know, we began to learn and, and understand that. And from what I've heard from other committees, this is a grind. It's very difficult to kind of get them through, and it does take a very long time. So. Yeah, right, right. So, so it is. It's a. It's like a, it's a starting point. Is that what we have today is more accessible and easier for people to to get at. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that that would be just my my going into it. I think. 
think we have to be cautious with all of the um, various priorities we have that we don't create a massive amount of work or it's rushed to get done. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I also, you know, I think there are a few that we would probably have to look at as part of that like initial one, which really is more about how do we go through this? Yeah. You know, so so that that's my initial uh, outlook. Just Megan's not here, but that's uh, I think we learned, you know, about the, the complexity and you know, mm -hmm. you know, so that, that would just be my my view. Or so I, I guess I, I would say the if, whole process, but we do feel that this the policy would be an important part of either work a workshop session. Yeah, I think yeah. a one hour or like being okay. realistic or whatever amount. I'm not going to announce the time. I think it would be worthwhile, and um, I think that would be important before we start assigning. Yeah, different okay. groups, people because it. Good. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then. Uh, I think that you know we have done a lot of work before the pandemic, uh, before the last two summers where we just spent doing full-time school committee work during the summer too, um, trying to work around defining our roles or responsibilities and how to kind of uh, <clears throat> figure out what's chaff and what's really important in terms of all the things that we do, what are really important, um, you know, like what are the duties of the Treasurer, what are the duties of the reporting secretary? How have they changed because of technology or this, that, or the other thing over the last several years since you know they were kind of defined within policies? So I think that that would be an important thing to kind of look at again and continue. But that's kind of continuous improvement about how we do things and make us more efficient and less uh, kind of more uh, equitable. You know that there are just roles sometimes that take on a lot more than other roles just and so what are the baseline responsibilities around those you know i mean does that sound reasonable anime you and i are like such old hands at this point I think, don't, don't we have that? well we have some of it but there are too and i worked on some of that stuff we worked on a little of it but i think that there's a, a culture issue around like what sure. we do is the yeah, it's good to revisit it but i yeah. think we we have some because there's also things special. like you know does the reporting secretary take on uh you know looking at an overview of the website on kind of a regular basis or you know like making sure that that's fresh yeah, like, yeah, that's is that part over. of that duty or is that the chair yeah, or is it yeah, just yeah. one of us who can't you know like there are things that that's cool you know like it would be easier if we could have that kind of we know what our core duties are yeah okay. what leads into what tasks lead into those core duties that's a worthy workshop to have. Yeah. yeah. So I could, and just maybe share like what like I'm what I'm hearing is these are agenda items that we would want either in the workshop or uh, retreat in, in some way. Shape. So what's like the what else do you have if, if you came up with? Um, said, well, hey, the other thing three or five. And what else do you? I was really you? looking at policy, and then this kind of relaunch of our discussion of roles, and maybe that goes into an evaluation discussion. You know, for school committee evaluation like how we self-evaluate because we've done it but again you know evaluation is always more if our self-evaluation is always more uh, more about learning if we really understand what it is we're supposed to you know like how we're kind of tracking through these things and how it impacts everything else so kind of um and then i was really thinking that the retreat would really be looking at 
um, planning for not only the next year about what our initiatives are at that point, but also major things coming down the pike for the district. Obviously, the school building, but the school building takes has taken a lot of air for a long time, and there are a lot of other things that we do all the time, but I think deserve a little bit more um, airtime, honestly. Uh, and we have a strategic plan coming up. So really evaluating where we as a kind of a group, all of us see ourselves within the strategic plan and how we feel the world has changed. You know, we'll have a consultant who kind of who comes in and does all of this really kind of data collecting work. But I think it's important for us as a committee to be able to really look at um, where we are now, kind of stand in the place where we live and, and how we've seen the world change in five years because, you know, DEI was nowhere or very few places in terms of initials or initiatives in public schools five years ago. And now we find it, you know, there is more of a, a core of the world that understands how very important it is. When is that to start? At some point in the fall. Okay, cool. Yeah, Michael and I are still working on um, getting proposals. Okay. So once we get that, we'll share that with you folks. I, I would assume you'd want to look at all those documents before a decision is made. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, so I'm I think excited. that just kind of understanding where we live too. now, as opposed to where we were five years ago, and we can never predict where we'll be in 10 years, or 10 years from the start of that, five years from now, but um, kind of our understandings as kind of new school committee members, people who are midterm and people who are graying daily on the school committee. <laughs> so um, those were the or kinds balding. of thoughts I had. <laughs> or balding, but not me. Sorry. Not growing beards. <laughs> not growing beards. I, she has a point, I gotta say. Um, so it, does that sound like something we would want to look at as kind of more of a, a retreat issue? We would probably have a half day executive session with that as well, like we did last year. There's still things that, you know, it was very, very helpful to speak to Keith to be able to kind of really plan for the things we need to do with our staff. And uh, so, I, one thing I would say is a, a consideration, and Jess, I mentioned this to you before, but I, I think whether it's retreat or a workshop, you know, beginning to look at the, almost the operating model. How do we run the agendas? Um, is there a more consistent way we can make sure we, we cover the, the topics that are most important? And um, a theme around this is community engagement. Some of, some of it, which I'd, I'd rather have the right amount of time to kind of share, share the ideas that I have. Right, you said um, that you wanted to end up on the agenda, you wanted an agenda item around that. Yeah, I, I think it would be worthwhile to share it as, as okay. part of a, you know, one of our regular meetings, just right. say, hey, so you're really here's an elevator about, statement. You know, what are our operating protocols? Because that's actually, I think, one of the things that um, Michelle and I both heard at the, um, at the MASC starting the course. I went with Michelle, time three, because I'm a glutton for punishment. But it's always really interesting, and I think it's really helpful to have somebody else from your own com committee there to hear it and kind of reflect it back to you. You always catch something. Um, but those kind of operating protocols, like, you know, what is superintendent versus what is school committee? Is it involved as a school committee as we are? You know, we do a lot more, I think, than some other school committees. 
Um, so what are those, you know, as we bring new people in, what are those levels of involvement? What's appropriate? What is the superintendent's role? What is our role? You know, like we, I think we have a lot of privilege here to be able to give so much input. Um, but there are different models. So, you know, we should talk a little bit about those. Um, and that might be an interesting part of that agenda and how we move through things. Because I think a lot of the time we bring community uh, things that we think that the community would be interested in here, but many other committees wouldn't. So if we're talking about expanding that or changing how we do that or having you know, specific time to make sure that those things are included while still doing the regular business of the committee, I would welcome that. And I think it's a, a good discussion to have. Every, every organization needs to have there. So when are we gonna pick those dates next time? Yeah, why don't we, why don't we pick those? Gonna, I think you need to, <clears throat> depending, like if, if I'm not mistaken, when we've done the retreats, it's usually very early, isn't it? Is it before you get into July? It was August last year. It's August last year. It was, yeah. yeah. So that which which is which is okay. Yeah. Uh, my my always my always feel mentally, I think once you hit July one. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. September yeah. one. You know, honestly, I, I have to tell you though, I need two weeks. <laughs> I like I, I need a little bit of time. Um, no, no, what I'm saying is if you don't have meetings before July 1, it sometimes becomes difficult to have them before August 24th, which is, I think- well, I think we did pretty shows. well last year. Um, Maybe we look at dates. We yeah, did look at workshop yeah, dates, yeah, but yeah. I prefer to hold the retreat in August if we could, you know, have a little bit of fresh it's time. It's kind of the same to me, I, you know, it's just a, a meeting, you know, so. I, I mean, assume your last one was like a thousand degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you want to look at dates now for workshops? Um, I see having two and then just getting us to July if we can, oh, yeah. like we did last year, right? Oh, yeah. And then we had the retreat in August, but I don't think we had any other meetings until we had our official. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So, um, anybody want to throw times out there? Because I know that we kind of pinned this Friday morning time as one that we all have available, but I don't know if that's, and there actually is. As weird as this sounds, there isn't a whole lot of June left after school. Um, and I also don't know what your travel schedules are. I'd like it so as many of us possible could be there for the entire time. Um, so do, how would this work? Could Why you do, Could you do the beginning of August for the workshops and then the retreat? The mid to end of August, you could do it that way, or you want to get in before July. I'm fine without adding more to my plate in June, quite frankly. I'll say June is pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if we thought, you know, but it also depends, people do tend to book out their uh, vacations. So yeah, um, I, I can, we just have to be flexible. Typically, August is when I take two weeks, and I don't really want to be. Um, you know, find this, for a day. You don't find this yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. If find, I try to make myself as accessible. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's, no, that's um, fine. Um, but it, I, I'm, um, I think it would be like right now, the way I'm working is there's there's not like a massive trip. So it's, it's okay. Um, so if, if we are going August, I would say we probably wait a little bit before you. Yeah. Do 
Yeah. So um, for retreats, we also need to kind of uh, reserve the space. Mm. So um, tell you what, why don't you all send uh, your vacation schedule to me and I'll see if I can come up with some dates and put those things out. And then you would just, as you always do, answer only to me or only to Andrea. And we can um, kind of put a date in there, at least for the full day. And then we can try to work out what a workshop dates might be. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so. Uh, let's see. Um, the next item up for business is the uh, student learning trip. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is another exciting opportunity for our students. Uh, this was a similar trip that was done prior to the pandemic. Um, it's a joint trip between the art department and the Latin department. It's really an awesome trip to Italy. 10 days recursion. Um, they, they blend in the, the history piece of the Roman Empire with all the architecture and the art that goes along with Italy. So it's really a great experience for our kids. So I know that the information's in your packet, and I would ask that you approve it. How many, uh, how many get to go? How many usually go? 40. That's cool, right? That's wow, yeah. that's amazing. And, it's a great uh, trip. How many school committee representations do they have? <laughs> <laughs> All professional staff. That's the only people we send out. There are a few more hands going up. Um, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do I. Motion to approve. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, motion mean, to approve. Who, who are we traveling with? Is it EF again? It doesn't say in the letter. Oh, yay. Oh, anyway, smiley company. <laughs> American Council for International Studies. ACIS, yeah. Where's the EF here? Yeah, no, ACIS legit. My sister was EF. I would just like to know the record. They were terrible. Mrs. O'Shea Brooke was completely surprised by this information and has had no affiliation with CIS <laughs> for a number of days. A jillion years. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Anna May, you're comfortable with the uh, second going through? You're comfortable 100%. with the I'm so psyched for these kids. I asked yeah. you too. So, second by Anna May. And all in favor, say aye. 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 Okay. Passes unanimously. Do we have any other items since posting on May 17th? We all know. Okay, so we're going to move on to old business. I know you didn't think that we were ever going to get there. Uh, do you have a fiscal year 23 budget update, Marcia? So, as you know, our, our budget, both operating and capital, was approved at town meeting. So, we're really excited about that and thank the council for voting for that. Um, I have no other updates unless Mike, we have anything else on capital? No. Okay. Um, so school committees, subcommittees, and roles. Uh, we talked a little bit about policy, and I don't think we, if we don't want to dissolve it right now, that's fine. Uh, however, I think we should uh, dissolve the budget subcommittee because its work is done, and again, it would just be one person sitting in the room talking to themselves, taking notes. So, motion to dissolve the budget subcommittee for fiscal year. For fiscal year 23. Okay, so. Move to hear a second. Second. Okay. And uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. And then uh, do we want to dissolve the policy subcommittee temporarily through the summer until we reassign roles in August so that uh, 
motion to dissolve the policy subcommittee. Leo feels strongly about it. Do we hear a discussion? Nothing excites me more than policy. I, I don't. I don't mind. But like, I'm just not sure why we're doing it. Yeah. That's okay. going as, in, you don't want to do it. That's fine. It's I just that uh, Megan is not on it. We have a policy of one, and I kind of like to tie up my loose ends like that. No, I'm. I'm just processing. It. So, so, and the only reason I'm I say that is, um, I guess it doesn't. It doesn't really matter because we need to figure out what the, what we're trying to do in the first place. So the operating assumption, if you don't dissolve it, is that there's two people. So then I do that. I, I just think it, uh, I, I guess my view before I go in there is if we're having a workshop focused on that, granted, that's more the policy project. Mm -hmm. It would probably make more sense to then if we're going to take a motion on it, do it after that. After that workshop. Okay, sounds fine. Everybody agree with that? Yeah. You know, sounds I'm, I'm good. glad to. Okay. Uh, right. And uh, we also need a treasurer, uh, as Megan is not here any longer. And traditionally, this the um, the person who signs the warrants and everything else is our kind of newbie because it is an amazing way of learning um learning what the educational industrial complex is all about and what we pay how we pay where it goes um and uh, just in the matter of, of general training i've already uh worked with uh michelle um on the warrants spoken to her about it and she and I admiring that the other day. But uh do I hear a nomination? I nominate Michelle Kirkby as the new treasurer. Wait, do I hear a second? Second. And Mayor Shea And do I hear all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, so are you gonna abstain? No. <laughs> you can vote for yourself. <laughs> you can always vote for yourself. It's free country. <laughs> No, it's fine. And there's okay. always backups. You can't yeah. go a certain time. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's not like you're yeah. pinned forever. You know, you can call any one of us. Tim, Tim gets scared, but I'm gonna talk to him about it. It's the one job that you never actually I signed I saw this thing. It's a stack of like my former customers. But but Maureen has it down so that I mean she's got it down. Yeah. She's it's um, very organized. It's very organized. Okay, uh, we did have a donations item on um, the agenda, thinking that we would perhaps have one, um, but it appears that we do not yeah. have it. Um, but we hope to have the donation and a presentation about that on our next agenda. Because yeah. there's been some great work. It's not a secret. It's a uh, it is a senior project um, from Louisa Brooke and Dia Yadapathia. Um, and they continued their work on the period products. And as part of their senior project, um, advocated with Dr. Marston and with the administration to kind of get period products into the budget over time. And with Kathy Thompson. With Kathy. Sorry. Sorry, Kathy. Okay. And um, then uh, also uh, did fundraising as part of their senior project to get the dispense, the, the dispensing 
um, machines, and they actually uh, did the over raised. It's yeah, supposed to be eighteen hundred, but they got up to two thousand, so which is great. Um, and I know that they wanted to get it done in as quickly as possible, but sometimes the money just doesn't come in when you want it. So um, I invited them here to talk to us about their donation. Kathy here for the informational item. Uh, okay. <laughs> Kathy, you're just having a good time tonight, or? Here, so. thank, okay, you. thank you. <laughs> I see the next item on here, and I was like, "Oh my God, is she actually here waiting for that?" Because oh, poor <laughs> Kathy. All right, there. so uh, we have no donations, and then we go to um, informational items. So we don't have any um, any updated guidance from um, Jesse at this point on We're, COVID, right? On COVID, right? There's no updated guidance. Um, early April, I was a part of a meeting with the commissioner in which he had just come up a meeting with a medical team that, that the state uses to develop some of these protocols. And what he told us that day is exactly what's been happening. You know, that there was going to be a spike in cases in, in you know, mid, late April, early to mid-May, and that it was gonna really go down again and, and for the summer and then come back again in the fall. You know, they're predicting looking at it, you know, October, November coming back again. Uh, just the way the variants are working and etc. So, um, you know, we've definitely had increases in our cases. We had um, 13 uh, yesterday, four today, unless I have my dates wrong. Yes, I do. We have we had 13 the day before and four yesterday. Um, we're definitely seeing more staff at this point. So we're up to 117 staff um, since January 1st that have uh, tested positive. And altogether, um, you know, we were looking to see there might be a spike after the palm. That was the big prediction that other districts have had. And, and at this point, we, we haven't seen that. The high school numbers haven't gone up considerably, but it could be there could be a lag there. So with the after party at the Sharon Prom that caused the spike. Yeah, yeah, it could be there. So I think, um, you know, we're still using the same mitigation strategies that we did before we took masks off. So we still have the fresh air, um, the HVAC cranking all the time. We have the windows open, um, testing kits for families. We're still doing pool testing, and there's hardly anyone doing that anymore. Um, as Kathy knows, Kathy and her staff are doing an unbelievable job helping out um, the folks with that. Uh, but we're still doing that surveillance testing, uh, and that we have. I think the numbers have dropped. Parents have dropped out of that, that, but I think there's still that element of security that parents want to know and have that. And we, we're continuing to do that. The state will do that throughout the. We'll pay for it throughout the school year. Um, they they said they're considering doing it for summer school. They're not positive yet. And then they haven't made any decisions for next year. So kind of wait and see at this point. Um, you know, the message that we got from the state is we have to start figuring out a way to live with this, you know, because it's not going to go away and we're not going to shut everything down. But we have to make sure the kids are safe and teachers are safe, but we have to figure out a way to live with it. I think the fact that people still have the option to wear masks is, is comforting to some. I mean, we still have, we have kids with masks on at the prom. Um, we have kids in every school with masks on. We have staff with masks on all the time and, and it's it's fine um and that's people their rotate choice through when they feel like you know that there's some uh, special circumstance i think people have been very responsible it's been great yeah, yeah everyone's been great it has been easy i know when you know when especially uh, i know how frustrating it is a parent when your child doesn't have any symptoms but still test positive or, or very little symptoms and you know they have to work from home for a few days that's frustrating we totally get that but i think we're you know the community's done an incredible job of vaccinations um, Kathy and I talked yesterday. She's going to do one more clinic before the school year is out to try to get folks vaccinated before the summer. So 
say as a it just went through my household as everybody knows i don't mind sharing it um, we didn't actually publicize that at the last meeting but now that okay. we're being fully transparent <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it was uh and i would say you know the the boosters and everything they, they work right the vaccinations work i i had very few symptoms although i had some my kids had none um my wife got pretty sick actually uh, but and it took a, it took a few weeks i mean it's a serious it, it's not something to take lightly, but I couldn't imagine what it'd be like if you didn't have a vaccination, right? right? And so right. Um, I can say that it's it's worked. So uh, uh, if people think it's allergies, and it's really not. There's <laughs> no such thing as an allergy anymore. Uh -huh. Test. Yeah, I think that's the issue this time yeah. around, right? Yeah. Is that it mimics allergies so much. It does. It yeah. does absolutely. Yeah. So. If um, I'm just looking. Have you ever thought about um, the dashboard that we? Put out um, having like a second scene that's uh, monthly. I think it's like to me. I've been going at it. I've been yeah. looking at it more frequently lately, just because I'm looking at the trend. And um, so you have the roughly. Maybe I don't know how. You so use if it. you click to the on the right arrow, <clears throat> it will do this for you, and you get to see it by month. When you click on the so on the bottom left, bottom left corner, you click on the right arrow, and it shows you. Oh, okay. A month, so you can like see it. Month. You get to see it exactly where you are. It is a piece of art. Yeah. It's yeah. art it's based on free, uh, things I don't analytics. want to see. I understand. <laughs> I was. I had no nothing in mind. Do you want Michael to help you with that? No, I'm actually. <laughs> <I was freaking>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's it is clearly too late. Tools on committee. Yeah. Well, no, I know a little bit about design. I don't need the arrow. I just need to. If you just, for honestly speaking, as a member of the community. If you're to just look and say, okay, this is what's happened the last two weeks in a second picture. Mm -hmm. There's no arrows. Like, like I, I, I'm more, yeah. but I, that helps me because that's all I, like I'm thinking right. next year, first thing you might say is, hey, how are we? So at the bottom, it does say January, February, right now, page 204. So as you click to the right, it just keeps moving. I think Neil could put a hot button on the top right. Is this yeah. the best use of our time right now? <laughs> <laughs> Everything I mean, I can be tweaked, but, <laughs> but yeah, it would be just have a second one, like hey, just make it a little so you can scroll down a little more. Yeah, um, you can put live links in the, into the settings. It, it could be analysis quick here. Yeah, see, see the last yeah. year by now, something like that. Um, um, it is good to know. Just you see there, then it's all kinds of stuff. So thank you. Uh, I do have a quick informational item. I included in in your packet. I asked Andrea to include in the packet. Um, there are expiring uh, COVID nineteen emergency remote measures for meetings. Um, it is possible that most of them will stay in place in terms of the things that have been helpful for public access. I mean, obviously, we have found that it's increased. You know, um, yeah. yes. Uh, the ability to watch, and I think that those are great things, but there might be some parts that expire that, or ones that we should pay more attention to, you know, the original remote law, um, the original law around remote meetings and allowing people to meet remotely was that you had to have a quorum in a physical space that uh, you had to have, it was kind of essentially you couldn't do it on the fly, you had to have, you know, like, Advance notice. The chair had to get permission. Blah, 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 blah. None of the, it, I think the all these kind of couldn't house, pass, couldn't make motions. Right, and I, you know, you cannot chair from right. remotely, and you have to have uh, a really clear audio. You know, things that that we have been running so hard over the last two years. Let's stop running ourselves. 
quite so hard and um, kind of go back and look at what's worked and what's not, but we may be uh, at least briefly forced to go back. I think participation, uh, I think we should definitely keep this. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and we don't need to debate it right now or talk about it. I really like, put this even on as tonight, an informational so that we can we have go on back. Phone? Yeah, but here's the thing. Well, I mean, we've been talking forever, usual. and there is a Celtics game. No, that's right. But what I do see is that there are views throughout the week. Yeah, you know whether they're watching one minute or taking notes, um, or you know, going to sleep and have insomnia or whatever. But we do get unique views over time. People want to catch their pieces, so that's great. And I don't have any problem with that. Um, but we just need to. We may need to have a discussion uh, at the next meeting or the meeting after that around what it is that we need to do to kind of update um, our own procedures to align with something that we haven't done in a couple of years. So I just wanted to make you aware of that kind of the procedural thing. Okay, uh, future agenda items, the MASC School Committee Roles and Responsibilities Workshop. I did have Jim Harkins from MASC scheduled to come tonight, but we needed to do a pretty extensive uh, executive session. So he is willing to come in June, either one of the two meeting dates I can't see and since we revoted ours tonight. Um, the 2022 uh, staff members who are retiring will be next week. And end of year updates from the PTO, MCPE, CPAC, and the MMA. Um, and then we will also put Tim's agenda item on as well. And you and I can flesh that out a little bit more. Okay. All right. Our next meeting is on June 8th at 7 p.m. Can I ask um, one? That is a change. Mm -hmm. one. I saw you got a, um, what was it, a superintendent coffee? Yes. Is that oh, what's yeah. The distillery advisor. Yeah. Right? Any, uh, how'd it go? Was it well attended? Yeah, it was, it went well. I mean, Michelle was there. Um, we had, I don't know, maybe eight or nine people. Yeah. Um, so on the agenda, we talked about updating the DEI task force, uh, looked at some, you know, what, what's happening with the elementary school project and, um, you know, looking at some ideas of what's going on for next year. So it was, well, yeah. about an hour and a half or so. Yeah, an hour and a half. Um, okay, anything else? Somebody asked, um, I did have one question on that, Jeff. I guess I'll ask you after that. It's not, not committee worthy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, do I hear a motion to adjourn? Anime second. Aye, second. Tim Knight, and all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, the motion passes, and the meeting is adjourned at 9.31. Thank you. Thank you.